Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. The countdown to signing day is here. About 11 hours and counting. Has the signing day kind of crept up a little bit on the Miami Hurricanes? It just seems so different this time around with you know new head coach Mario Cristobal being in the house just for about a week and just not a whole heck of a lot of buzz around recruiting this year. It's weird, okay? It's really weird. So tonight, as we begin a new edition of Kane Sport Live, we'll go through the signing day class and discuss what it really means and what it means in the big picture for Cristobal and the Hurricanes. We'll be joined by Kane Sport Managing Editor Matt Shodell, who will um, discuss a little bit of his experiences covering some of these recruits, and then... Uh, later in the night, we'll be joined by South Florida recruiting uh, expert Larry Bluestein, who will uh, discuss with us the whole landscape of recruiting in the state of Florida and what he thinks of this Miami Hurricanes recruiting class. So, so much to talk about that, the crystal ball arrival and everything else on an action-packed night of Kane Sport Live tonight. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we welcome you once again to Kane Sport Live. As always, it's your show, and it'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. Plenty of open phone lines for everybody to call in and participate. By now, you know the drill if you've called in before, and if you don't, here's what you do. You hit the one on your keypad after you call in. That puts you in the queue, and we bring you on the show in the order that you land on the queue. We're not going to waste a lot of time tonight um, talking. I'm going to let you get to your questions, see what you have to say. Um, like I said, we'll have Matt Shodell and Larry Bluestein on as the night goes forward. We'll talk a little bit about uh, this signing class. So let's begin with your phone calls. Again, the number 563-999-3550, 563 563- 999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And we're going to kick off tonight in the 845. You're live on Kane Sport Live. <laughs> Gary, I'm back where uh, I should be, number one. Number one, man. That's 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 where you belong, Greg. How are you doing this evening? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing I just good, got man. a couple quick questions. Um if we didn't get Mario, what the hell kind of recruiting class would we have? Like three people? No, it, 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 truthfully, it'd be very, it, it would be very similar. Um, you know, I'll go through it here in a minute. And, um, you know, like, you know, Mario made an impact on a couple of these kids. You know, I, I think that maybe like a Nigel E. Kelly, who I expect to, to drop to Miami tomorrow, um, I think Mario maybe had a role. In closing that one, 
you know, there's a couple other kids. We'll see what happens. You know, like a Cyrus Moss, possibly. Uh, you, if he if he commits to Miami, you could say Mario had an impact there. Um, but for the most part, look, you you know, you get a job a week before signing day. You're not going to be able to do a whole heck of a lot. I mean. Um, what are you going to do? Go after all the kids you've been recruiting for Oregon and say, oh, geez, for the last two years I've been recruiting you to Oregon. I was only kidding. Um, now I want you to come to Miami. It's it's hard to make that sales pitch. And, um, you know, Mario took a shot with a couple uh, linemen out in Texas, and it didn't appear to work out, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, I mean, he was able to hold together, for the most part, what was there. And now it looks like a lot of more kids than usual are going to wait to sign in February. So there'll be, there'll be several kids to recruit in the second cycle. And then I think you're going to see them hit the uh, transfer portal very, very hard. And uh, player evaluation in the transfer portal is going to be a big key for this program this year. Okay. Um, as far as the – this money that Texas was paying out to these players, is it going to come down to who's got the biggest bankroll? Is that how college football is going to work? I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, I, I mean, mean hasn't, how, how, hasn't it been that way? Greg, I mean, is, do you think this is new? I, I understand. I know that, Gary, but that's blatant. And and, I mean, and who's telling you that Texas is paying them what they're paying them? Like, how? Who's telling you this? Or are you just assuming? I don't know. I read, I'm reading it all over the place. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm. I'm I mean, ignorant. I'm not saying they're not. I'm just saying that you're probably just making assumptions, though, because I don't know how you would know that. Okay. All right. Mario's got supposedly $8 million to spend on assistant coaches. Do you have any, uh, do you have any names that uh, – how, how's Kendall Bryles looking? Do you think we have a good chance to get one? I think they've spoken. I, I think Kendall Bryles is a very live candidate for the OC job. Uh, we'll see what other candidates emerge. Uh, Mario very, very, very um, uh, seldom – just settles on a guy and hires him. You know, he likes to bring guys in for interviews, sit them down in a room with the, with other staff members, um, you know, put them through a pretty rigorous interview process. Like, you know, he takes his coaching hires very seriously. I expect that to start happening uh, after signing day tomorrow. I, I would think starting like Thursday, Friday, he, he would start going into overdrive in terms of putting together a staff. Um, who else is going to be on it? You know, obviously the, there's a few guys from Oregon. Um, the receiver coach McClendon, I think, has a pretty likely chance to land in the, on the staff. Um, I would keep an eye on the defensive backs coach Rod Chance. Um, <clears throat> um, certainly the um, the strength coach Aaron Feld. So you know, we'll, we'll see um, in terms of who might stick from the current staff. I think Steve Field has a pretty good chance to stick. Uh, Probably is the tight ends coach, uh, I would say. I don't know that that's guaranteed. Uh, not out of the question that uh, Mario might lean on him for another role in the program because there's a lot to fix. And he knows that he can count on Steve Field because Steve Field worked for him before. 
Um, so um, I have not really heard anything on defensive coordinator yet, uh, other than some people have been bringing up the name Clint Hurt. I don't know if that would happen. Um, you know, he's believed to be ready for co- uh, coordinator uh, opportunities after putting his time in with the Seattle Seahawks for so many years. But uh, don't really have a feel at this point for whether that would happen or not. Uh, so that's kind of where that is. Uh, I expect that to pick up a little bit in the coming days. And what about T-Rob? I believe T-Rob has a chance to stick on the, in the, on the staff as well as safety's coach. I do. Um, we'll see. I mean, T-Rob's going to have opportunities. You know, so I don't, I don't really – I have not seen T-Rob, so I have not had a chance to ask him. I don't know what his personal agenda is in terms of whether he wants to stay and work for Mario or not. But I've heard that there's a reasonable chance that he might be asked to stay on the staff and that he would accept. Did you know that on the 2015 Alabama staff, there's six guys that are making upwards of $5 million as a coach right now? You got yeah, Mario, people. you got Wayne Kiffin, Billy Napier, uh, Mel Tucker, Kirby Smart, and the guy from Georgia who just took the Oregon job. Well, people that, know that, that saving assistants know the blueprint, and that's very appealing to people as it should be. Uh, you know, he's the best coach probably in college football history when you look at his record, and um, or certainly one of the top couple, uh, you, you know, you'd have to go way, way back. I mean, and, and, you know, why wouldn't people be interested in guys that have been Saban's right-hand guys the last several years? They have the right. blueprint. What Mario Cristobal brought to Miami is the Saban blueprint. Trust me. There's not well, going to be a lot of difference between what they do at Bama and what, and what they start doing at Miami. Well, I hope you're right. All right, guys. Thank you. Have a good night. All right, Greg. Thanks, thanks for uh, getting us started tonight. 563-999-3550. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Um, let me take a second now and just run through real quick what we expect the signing day class to look like. I'll go position by position. Uh, quarterback. Uh, Jacuri Brown looks like he's going to stick. The Canes have been recruiting him for a very long time. Uh, he's a Rhett Lashley recruit. Um, seems 100% committed to Miami and, and looks like he might have a bright future ahead as a dual threat quarterback. So uh, we expect Jacuri Brown to stick in the class. At wide receiver, um, we think Isaiah Horton from um, Tennessee will stick in the class. It's looking that way right now. He's been committed to Miami for a very long time. We're not so sure about Landon Ibietta from Louisiana. He's been committed to Miami for a long time, but things have seemed a little lukewarm lately as signing day has approached. He may be a little bit of a reach for Miami, but I say that, but at the same time, he's been getting a lot of offers lately. And LSU, which was an offer he was waiting for from the very beginning, has now offered, and we think that's where he ends up. We think he's going to be a defection on signing day that he'll defect from Miami and uh, end up signing with LSU. But uh, we'll see for sure tomorrow. Uh, Other wide receivers to keep an eye on, um, I would say uh, Kevin Coleman uh, from the St. Louis area. He's down to Miami, USC, and Florida State. Um, 
Now, he's probably not going to sign tomorrow. He has said that he is going to wait to announce until um, his All-Star game on January the 8th. Uh, whether it's drama or he, go, or he goes through with that, you know, we don't know. But we do like the chances for Miami to eventually land Kevin Coleman whenever it is. Um, Mario's been fishing around with Jaden Gibson, who's the, uh, you know, Miami was looking fairly decent with him early before um, he kind of swayed a, a, a little bit from the Canes camp. Um, most people think it's, he's going to Oklahoma. FSU and Georgia are also in it. Um, there will be a cane hat on the table, so we'll and you know talk about him tonight and include him on our list. Truth is, we are not expecting uh, Jaden Gibson in this class. And then an, another guy that we're just you know that we've got on our radar a little bit is a kid by the name of Darius Clemens. Um, you might ask why he's never visited Miami, but. Having never visited Miami, he is listing the Canes in his top five, along with Michigan, Auburn, Oregon, and Penn State. So uh, we do think he's going to Michigan, but we'll pay attention to what he does um, tomorrow as well. Um, tight end. Uh, the only one Miami's really been recruiting is Jaleel Skinner, who's committed to Alabama. Uh, most Alabama commits do not sway, but we think that this one's not over until it's over. Um, I would probably put it 75-25 Bama. But um, Jaleel Skinner's always liked Miami, and he did come down and visit this past weekend. So, you know, he didn't have to do that. So you just, you know, you never ne- never know there. Um, offensive line, Miami's got a commit from Valencia Carswell. Um, I'm a little concerned about this one. I, I, I think, you know, I think that there's legitimate noise that he might go to Ole Miss. Um, he visited Ole Miss a couple weekends ago. Um, you know, seems to have been a little bit more affected. Parcher of Manny Diaz. Um, not sure why, because he's, uh, I mean, he's certainly upgrading in terms of the uh, offensive line coaching that he would receive at Miami. Uh, so we're going to be watching Carswell very closely tomorrow. But, you know, right now it's, it's looking to us like he might defect to Ole Miss. On the defensive line, uh, Nigel E. Kelly is a guy that's been getting an enormous amount of attention from Mario Cristobal. Cristobal recruited him very hard when he was at Oregon, and it even looked like Kelly might go out to Eugene for college. Uh, but now that Cristobal's in Miami and recruiting him here, it makes the decision to stay home, uh, which is something he might have done anyway, much easier. Uh, we'll be surprised if Nigel E. Kelly does not pick Miami. A couple other defensive linemen we're watching. Um, kid by the name of Cyrus Moss. He visited this past weekend for a day. Um, Canes and USC have been pushing hard. Uh, Arizona State is also in it. Um, we think Miami has a pretty good chance here. Uh, I, I mean, at worst, I would say it's a toss-up. Um, he says he's going to wait till Friday to announce. Not sure whether or not he will hold to that. Um, but we think Miami has a chance with Cyrus Moss. Jeffrey uh, Emba, this one's a little bizarre, okay? He, he left Wichita to Kansas for his home country of France on Wednesday and is planning to announce his decision on a TV station in France on Sunday. Don't ask, okay? His final five is Miami, Tennessee, Missouri, Auburn, and Oregon. 
Um, he visited Miami when Manny Diaz was, was here, has not visited since. So we're watching what he does, but we consider Miami a bit on the outside looking in at this point. Um, another guy to keep an eye on, uh, I would say, is uh, Cyrus no, I spoke about Cyrus Moss. Sorry, I'm losing, I'm losing my spot here. Um, all right, let's move to linebacker, where uh, Wesley Besaints is committed, and we think he's going to stick. Um, he took an, uh, an official visit over the weekend that seemed to help shore things up. Besaints um, has a chance to play very early in his, in his hurricane career, and we are expecting him to stick in the class tomorrow. Uh, moving on to DBs. Um, there's a transfer out of Alabama named Marcus Banks that we're keeping an eye on. Um, Miami's very high up, along with Kentucky, Mississippi State, and Missouri. Uh, we like the chances, but he's been keeping his thoughts to himself, so we're not really sure, but we'll be watching him tomorrow. We're also going to be watching Chris Graves very closely. He's committed to the Canes. At various points, there were concerns here with Florida and LSU regarding him, but he really has never wavered, and, and – uh, we think that he'll stick with Miami uh, come tomorrow. Um, Earl Little Jr., uh, a guy that's flirted with Miami and Florida State all through recruiting. We think it's all been a smokescreen. We think he's going to Alabama. Um, Kamari Rogers, who's been committed to Miami forever. Um, another one that's gotten some feelers and stuff back home. But uh, we think at the end of the day, he'll also stick with Miami. Uh, safety Markeith Williams, um, we're expecting him uh, to be a solid commitment in this class tomorrow. And a cornerback that we're keeping an eye on is a kid by the name of Jaden Harris. Um, he visited Miami under the prior coaching staff. He has an idea what the program's all about. Mario Cristobal has continued to chase him since being hired. Uh, we're not, like, overly optimistic here, but we do think there's a chance – and it's one to monitor, as he also considers Kansas State, Missouri, and Georgia Tech. So we'll see what happens there. So um, that's the picture for, for tomorrow. Pretty simple. Not the typical drama, like I said, of your usual national signing day. Is that good or bad? I guess that's in the eyes of the beholder. You know, I, I mean, it is what it is. It's, it's, you know, you can't change it for this cycle. And Miami's going to have to make the best of it and then um, get to work in terms of the late signing period and the transfer portal. All right, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you're going to come on the show. Let's go to the 305. You are live on Transport Live. How are you doing tonight? Good, Gary. How are you? Doing great. What's up, Adam? How are you doing? Good. A uh, couple things. One, do you think it actually works to Miami's advantage that players like Shamar Stewart and they can evaluate like to Leo Floor and it's like they're signing later so that they can really – and the uh, kid out in Washington who I think either you or 24-7 wrote an article on the O-linemen out in Washington are signing later so that well, they, yeah. Miami could get – Yeah, I've got nine – We've got nine recruits right now, Adam, that we're monitoring that seem to be looking at Miami that are going to sign in the late period. That's a lot, man. I mean, that's, <laughs> that, that is by far the most I've seen 
since this early signing day got instituted a few years back. Um, you know, you've got several offensive linemen, um, you know, including the kid from from out in uh, Seattle, Josh Connerly Jr., who's a very highly regarded kid. Um, you've got um, a couple defensive linemen in Ahmad Moten and Shamar Stewart. And you got a few D backs, like you know, like you said, with uh, Jaheel Florence as one of them. So, so yeah, man. So, like, yeah, it's different, and I don't know what the explanation is for it, but um, yeah, it's going to be, and there's going to be more. There will be more, and it's going to be interesting to monitor these guys along with transfers in the second cycle. Uh, okay. Because I'm thinking, and then there was this Oregon kid that from Alabama, this T.J. Dudley, who I think we were thinking about taking a look at, and then we just passed on him, a four-star. Is there any yeah. way Miami revisits that or no? No, don't think so. Okay. Just wondering in terms of numbers. Uh, a couple things. On the coaching um, Carousel for DC. Do you see Miami going after like Glenn Schumann? Because I heard him and Mario are close from their days at Alabama. Yeah, I don't, I don't have any any leading candidates right now. I, I think it's wide open, and we have not heard of any leading candidate for defensive coordinator. Okay. Uh, and when would you, if you had to like gun to your head, put a prediction? When would you think? Manny would have his staff all wrapped up by the Sun Bowl or by the middle of January? You mean Mario? I would think he will try to yeah. do it by the, end of, by the end of the calendar year. So I'm okay. expecting that to get a, a bulk of his focus in the next couple of weeks when he's not going out to practice to watch the, the kids work out. Um, yeah. I, I got to think he would like when they come back for the second you know, semester – uh, in January to have everything in place, ready to roll. Okay. And, and speaking of Manny, does Miami save money Mario. now that he's the defense? Wait, Mario. Wait, Manny's no, not no, here I, anymore, man. No, I'm asking, does the university save money by his buyout because he became defensive coordinator at Penn State? So I think so. I don't, know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they might. They should. I'm not sure what his contract said, but but typically what happens is whatever his salary is in his new job gets deducted from what he owes Miami, from what Miami owes. Oh, okay. And a couple other things. One, what do you think of the idea of this stadium with John Ruiz? I know he's a big U.S. Uh, big U.M. donor and has both his kids play baseball at um, U.M. and one of them was drafted by the Astros actually. Uh, do you think there's any validity to the stadium talk? I think there's validity or in his mind, just... and, he, and, he, and he could certainly afford to do, or at least we think he could afford to do what he's talking about doing. Um, but the only yeah. realistic scenario that makes sense to me is Tropical Park. I don't know where he came oh, yeah. up with this bird road in Lejeune idea. Uh, there's been some scuttlebutt. He might try to partner with the Moss Brothers um, mm-hmm. in the, at, the, at the location up by the airport. Um, I don't know about those, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think in his mind, he's not, he, he thinks he's serious. Okay. Um, and last thing, um, this Kevin, what do you know about this Kevin Coleman kid? And do we have a real shot with him? The wide receiver out of St. Louis? Yes, I believe they have a very good shot. So both him and Cyrus Moss, you think we have really good shots at? Um, I think a better shot. 
probably I would say with Coleman. Um, I mean, yeah, I would say better shot with, with, with Coleman. Okay. Okay. Well, thanks for taking my call, Gary. Have a great rest of the show. All right, Adam, anytime. 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Uh, let's go out to the 706. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, I made it up to number three, man. That's pretty impressive. This is a boy, Sebastian. What's up, Sebastian? How you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. A couple things I wanted to just ask you a couple questions on. The first one is um, – um, you went through the recruiting class uh, as far as surprises or anything. What would you consider, like, great success tomorrow? Like, is there one kid that if we landed tomorrow, you'd be like, man, that was all things being equal, this was a this was a pretty good signing day for us. What would that look uh, like? I mean, I'm not going to call it a pretty good signing day because it's, it's very thin. I mean, it's, it's an okay signing day. I think if you get Jaleel Skinner in the next few days and Nigel E. Kelly, that helps a lot. Those are two really okay. good players. Okay. All right. The second question I have for you is, uh, so so uh, I'm, the kid I'm really looking for is a Marcus Gantt-Banks kid because I think he'd be like a mid-year transfer. When we look at spring ball and we look at Tyreek Stevenson, you know, kind of banged up and looking at what the cornerback's going to look like come spring practice or whatnot, it'd be good to have like a more older guy. Well, and Tyreek you know, might, you know, looks like he's leaving unless he reverses course here, so. Okay, well, I, I, I wasn't tracking that. I thought he was going to be coming back. but that, that He should come back, but, the, but it doesn't look like he's headed in that right. uh, uh, down that route, you know? Okay. No, that's, a, that's, that, that's the kid I'm really looking for, the, uh, uh, the Marcus, the Marcus Banks, Banks kid. kid. Yep. Yeah, because I, I just think we need to have some sort of, uh, you know, defensive back is, you know, it's good when you're a talented, true freshman, but that defensive back is all about communication and experience and stuff and, and it'd be good to have a kid that's kind of played in that particular department. Um, if, as far as the transfer portal, are there some, you know, we were we struck gold with uh, Rambo. Are there any type of, like, number one receivers or players in the transfer portal that you think that, you know, be good that Miami would land um, maybe Honestly, tomorrow? Honestly, I, I have not studied the transfer portal to this point. Um, I'm going to try to start doing so on Thursday and, and start to try to get a feel for who's in the portal and, and, and you know, who the better players are in the portal. Uh, so I, I, can't, you know, I can't answer that right now. We have been so busy with the current recruiting and obviously everything that was going on with the coaches and stuff that we have not really had a chance to pay much attention to the portal to this point. Okay. Gary, have you heard anything as far as Lewis Headley? As far as, you know, we're not recruiting any kickers right now. Is there a chance he's going to be back? He's going to the I NFL. I'd be surprised if he comes back. I know he has the option. Uh, they do have a, another Australian kicker on the roster and another another walk-on. I mean, uh, so they're not in dire straits at punter. Uh, but I have not heard one way or the other if, if Hadley has reconsidered coming back next year. Okay. Um, just two more questions. Offensive line. Uh, if we lose Carswell, that correct me if I'm wrong, we're going to have zero. And what's the plan to kind of fix that? You know. Uh, well, I mean, because we lose, because we're losing a lot of. Cycle, uh, I mean, you've got four offensive linemen still on the board that are going to sign in February. And uh, who, now, who's that? Now, who's that? Is that Agbo? Who's that? 
No, um, there's a kid named Jackson Brown. Um, okay. And um, Mario wants him. He, Manny Diaz started the chase. Um, Brown has um, – he went to Cincinnati last weekend and is considering Cincinnati. Um, he wants to visit uh, Miami, and his dad is best friends with Jim Kelly, so that helps. Uh, so we're expecting okay. that visit to take place in January, and we think that there's a shot there. Um, the Josh Connerly kid from the Seattle area uh, is a very, very highly regarded player. Um, there's a, a player by the name of Dave Iuli. Um, I mean, he committed to Cristobal at Oregon, and he's put off his signing until February. Um, we know that Mario's been in contact with him since he came to Miami, and he's also been talking with Alex Mirball, who's going to be Mario's offensive line coach. So we're thinking he'll visit in January also. And then um, lastly, there's a kid named Matthew McCoy. Miami was high up in his picture for a while uh, when Garrett Justice was recruiting him. Um, the weekend before Manny Diaz was fired, he took an official visit to Miami uh, and does have high interest uh, in Miami. Uh, from what we've heard, uh, Florida, Mississippi, and Maryland are also in his mix, so we'll see what happens. Um, he can take another Miami visit in January because of the new head coach, and uh, that's one to watch. If you see him take another Miami visit, then you know it's game on for the Canes. Okay. Hey, the last thing I want to say is more of just an uh, observation. You know, I, I expect Miami to take off as far as productivity on the field and be like a real hot selling commodity if we start racking up wins and competing at the highest level or whatnot. Are you and Matt thinking of expanding Kane Sport, uh, Good Morning Kane Sport in the morning to like more like a, a daily like syndicated show or something like that? Because you guys uh, we, really bring we... it in the morning. We will unquestionably continue Good Morning Cane Sport. There's no doubt about that. Um, we are looking at all kinds of crazy things for 2022. And, um, okay. uh, you know, I, I can't talk about them all like, um, for contractual reasons, but I can tell you that 2022 will be a big year for Cane Sport in some way, shape, or form. And, okay, yeah, and, we, and, we, and we are well aware of how excited everybody is, and we're well aware of, of how things are going to blow up in certain ways and things like that um, from a recruiting standpoint and things like that. And we will be uh, locked, armed, and loaded. Okay, I appreciate it. Just keep it. Just, just keep up the good work, man. I appreciate that. And hey, keep me on hold, man. I don't want to see any disappointments tomorrow. That's all. All right, Sebastian. Thanks as always for being part of the show. All right, now I'm gonna we're gonna take a pause here. We're gonna go to our Kane Sport managing editor, Matt Shodell, and um, who's gonna take a break here for a few minutes. We got him. He's he's, uh, he's still talking to recruits tonight. Uh, we, we we still got a lot of things that we're trying to run down. But I I asked Matt to take a few minutes to come here and join us on Kane Sport Live. So um, Matt, welcome to the jungle. That's what I'm gonna call this show. It's usually the jungle. Tonight it's been a little mellow so far, but it's early. Um, but, yeah, welcome back to Kane Sport Live. 
Oh, long-time uh, listener, first-time caller. Is this Gary Berman? <laughs> well, it's not the friendly confines of Good Morning Cane Sport, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least I can wear whatever I want. No collared shirt, no T-shirt, whatever I want to wear. This is great. I prefer the no video, honestly. I'm, I'm made for radio. I'm made for blah, for uh, whatever this is called, a podcast. I don't know. Yeah, me too, man. I'm sitting here chilling. I got a sweatshirt on. You know, yeah, we don't have to, we don't have to worry about what we're, what we're wearing or what, you know, how it looks or whatever. You're right. Um, hey, so I was saying earlier in the show, I was telling everybody that this is really weird. Okay, it's weird. I mean, we've never, like, we've been covering Miami recruiting for 30 years. Uh, I know you've been with us at Kane Sport for most of it. This is like unlike anything we've ever seen. I mean, there's not a ton going on. Uh, it's a very mellow. Um, you know, you don't want to. I mean, is it fair to say non-sensational or uh, you know, it, it's it's just it's a workmanlike recruiting class. It's no, it's not even. It's not going to be ranked very high. There's not going to be a whole lot of hoopla and buzz tomorrow. Um, it's just pick up some decent players and then regroup for what'll be a blitz in the second period and the transfer portal. Would you agree with that? I mean, the, the early signing period has really ruined signing day to a large extent. In my opinion, people used to take off the day from work, not sleep the night before they'd be so nervous. But now it's like, if you miss on some guys in December, oh, that's fine. We'll get them in February. And you know what? If we don't get them in February, we'll get some transfer portal guys. Even if we get guys in December and guys in February, they might be transferring out in a year or two. It's like, it's changed so much. I feel bad for the people who used to live and die by signing day. You know, I remember we talked about it not that long ago. We used to do the cyber cane where we'd yell into the phone all the news. Uh, <laughs> the 900 people, lines. People call a people would, yeah, people would call a 900 number and, and get the news. And, and they were so excited. And there were hundreds of people would call our 900 number. It would be like, I think you'd yell. You'd, I, I remember I'd be in my office on one side of the building. You'd be in, the, in your office. You know, I'd hear you yelling like, uh, welcome to Cybercane. Here's your news from, you know, Wednesday, you know, January 30th or whatever. I mean, I remember it like, like it was yesterday, even though it was 30 years ago. But it's changed. It's, it's remarkable how, how it's changed. And it, it's changed for the better for the recruits and for the kids because they, they can lock themselves in earlier if they want to. It, it's changed for the worse for fans because, like you said, there's not a lot of drama. But guess what? There wasn't a lot of drama ever since they've instituted the early signing period. Uh, the commits tend to stick, and if they don't stick, well, the, the coaches have a chance, you know, two months later to grab someone else in that position. Nobody really freaks out about it anymore. And, yeah, it's great to get an Avante Williams on signing day, but it used to be there was eight Avante Williams happening on both ways. You know, some would we lose and some we'd get. And now it's like if you have one or two guys that are, that are like, on the fence on signing day, you're all excited about it. It used to be like eight people like that. So <laughs> you could call it mellow, but this is just this is the new normal to me. So what are your thoughts? You know, I went through my thoughts on the class. What are, you, what are your thoughts on the class? I, I think it's fine. I don't think it's the greatest class of all time. But Mario hasn't had – he's had 10 days to put together this early signing period. It has the potential to be really good because, you know, you hang with the Ja'Cory Brown at quarterback. I like that. If you get Kevin Coleman, which I think is a great chance um, at wide receiver – uh, and, and you're going you're gonna to stick with Isaiah Horton. You're probably going to lose Landon Abietta, but that's two really good receivers. I like that. Receiver's not a huge position or need. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think they get you a real skinner. If they get you a real skinner, I mean, this would be a home run offensive class to me, even without the offensive lineman in the class, uh, just from a, from a skill, talent 
position because I'm not worried about the offensive line just because I know <laughs> I know Mario Cristobal and I know Alex Mirabal. I am not worried about the offensive line. They'll they'll either coach up the guys that are there or bring in portal guys or get guys in February. Like I am not worried in the least about the offensive line anymore like I used to be. They will get that position right. Um, probably have to begin. I'm thinking they probably have to begin a portal tight end at this point, or a JUCO transfer kid. Uh, D line, they're going to get Nigel Kelly, I think, which is really good. Pretty good chance of Cyrus Moss. You know, you get those two guys, and you add a February guy like Shamar, and that's really a, a heck of a defensive end ball. Like probably as good as there is in the country, in my opinion. Uh, linebacker, you get the Saints. I mean, they're going to have to bring in portal linebackers. The linebacker position, you can't help it right now with freshmen. It's not a position where freshmen are ready to come in and be impact players unless they're one of these, you know, 230-pound, five-star freshmen, and, and those don't grow on trees, and those are not in this class. So look for portal help at linebacker, which is fine. Uh, DBs, pretty good shot with Marcus Banks to help out immediately cornerback, which is a major position or need. Chris Graves and Kamari are great prospects to have them – play major roles in year one is going to be tough, but you love getting them on board. Um, you know, still have a chance with Jaden Harris. He's one, I think I put him at 40%, 45% chance. You know, he's definitely alive. Uh, he'd be another great cornerback addition. You don't need safeties, but you get more Keith Williams. So that's fine. Uh, you got three really good young safeties already on the team. Uh, so he'll work into the mix. And then you move on to February. And February is going to be all about the offensive linemen. You know, you already mentioned, I, I heard you mentioned like the four guys, that they're already on, and there'll be more that emerge that don't sign, that they'll look at, and there'll be transfer portal guys, and there are already guys. There's a lot of guys on the team with talent that are coming back and young guys that might start emerging, you know. People forget Jalen Rivers was probably the best offensive lineman on the team before he got hurt. Uh, he'll be back. So um, I, I, I do, I, I, you know, to me it's not about you ask how's the class. It's not about the class to me. It's about what they needed compared to what they already have on the team. They don't have a lot of spots open when you look at the 85 Limit. I don't want to be long-winded here, but, but I think that they fit sort of the needs that they have roster-wise, and what they didn't fit, they can fit in in February or in, in the uh, portal. So I, I, I think it's fine. I think what they did is fine. And, and I'm a guy who's always a pessimist and always complaining. Those of you that watch Good Morning Kingsport know that. So for me to say that I'm happy with what they're doing, that means, like, you'd probably be thrilled, Gary. You'd, you'd be over the moon. <laughs> I'm always over the moon. But um... – I think that there's more. I think there's more spots than neat than meets the naked eye. I think that there's going to be a lot of movement on this roster. I think that um, the players on the team are going to get a very close examination from the new coaching staff and the new head coach. And I don't think Mario's not the kind of guy that's going to hesitate to bring a lot of new faces into the program, and he's not going to be afraid to tell guys that he doesn't think that they have a future in the program. So um, I think there's more spots to meet the eye. I don't know what that number ends up being. Uh, obviously, it's not going to be real big tomorrow, but when you put it all together, what happens tomorrow with the late signing period and then the transfer portal, um, I wouldn't be surprised, Matt, if they end up somewhere close to that 25 um, number of, of players coming in this year. Well, then they got to jettison 10 guys on the current roster, which is possible. And, and, and um, I think that I, could happen. Yeah, it could. And if it does, I think it's because they're going to get a lot of portal guys. I don't think they're going to get 25 high-level recruits. I mean, they're going to get what they're going to get tomorrow, maybe hitting 12 or 13. You know, you're not going to get another 12 or 13 high-level February signings. It just doesn't happen. There's a few out there. There's probably three to four guys I think that they could probably get that are very high quality in February. I don't want to see them reaching for plan B and plan C guys in February when they have a full year. Because like what you're saying, Gary, 
it makes sense to you and it makes sense to a lot of people listening. But what maybe you're not looking at is right now, this is for next year, okay? For next year without the incoming class, there's 20 players who are going to be qualified as redshirt freshmen, okay? 20. 20 redshirt freshmen. So if you talk about adding 25 more true freshmen, you're, you're oh, clogging up freshmen. all that work. I included transfers in there. I didn't okay. say it would be true So how freshmen. many? Okay. Okay. So, so, okay. So now, I, now I, I do agree with you more on that. Um, I thought you were talking more about the signing classes in January and February combined. Yeah. So, look, the less freshmen they bring in, the better, because they're stacked right now at redshirt freshmen and sophomores. And you want to bring in juniors and seniors because those are free scholarships to me in the sense that those guys, when they become seniors and leave, that's your next wave of 25 that you can sign. And right now they have so many young players. And, yeah, those young players are great but it's really going to hamper what Mari wants to do in terms of recruiting. And he's such a good recruiter. He wants to reshape the roster, but it's very hard to reshape a roster when you only have five juniors on offense and four seniors on offense. I mean, those guys over the next two cycles, over the next two years, that means you have basically nine guys over two years on offense to replace, or you've got to kill redshirt freshmen and sophomores on the team and say goodbye to young guys who, you know, maybe haven't reached their potential, but like, can you give, on, give up on them that early? I don't know. Move to defense. you got six juniors and three seniors on defense this coming year. Next year, I'm talking about, not from this year, next year, as of right now on the roster. That's only nine spots over the next two years to fill with defensive players in the portal and recruiting combined, unless you jettison freshmen and sophomores, which is why I'm saying to you, don't reach for well, they, they, they might have to jettison some. Like, you know, I, I hope his parents who are aren't gonna, listening. Who are you going to jettison? Who well, I'm going to I'm going to bring. Well, I'll, bring, I, I, I'll go down. Brooks, I can Avery go down Huff, the roster. Elijah Roberts, maybe. That. There's a few who? of them. Wait, who did you say? I mean, when you okay, look, the redshirt freshman, yeah. you just don't know. Like you could you could say Tyler Johnson and Tariq Austin Case because they haven't done anything, but they're just entering year two. Like you can't give up on those guys and kick them out of the program. And and then who do you get rid of on defense? You know, I mean, Malik Curtis looked okay. James Williams, obviously no. You know, I'm just running the list. Like, maybe Isaiah Dunson, but he's got a bright future. Brian Ballum, same thing. Chase Smith's going to be good. Corey Flagg is okay. Sam Brooks, maybe, but when he's healthy, he's good. Avery Huff doesn't get it, but he's a great athlete. You can maybe get rid of Elijah Roberts, but he did some great things. Chance no, Williams Elijah is fine. Roberts, he, Jared yeah, Hunt, I'm going down the whole list. Jared Hunt, you keep. Jafari Harvey, you keep. Leonard Taylor, you keep. That's all their sophomores. You don't get rid of any of them. So, like, where's the where, – where's, where's, the, where's the loose where, – where's the fat you're going to trim and the freshmen and sophomores? They're – there just isn't. And he's going to have um, to be very creative with the numbers he's taking for juniors and senior transfers because those, when you bring them in, like you said, there's 15 open spots. To me, don't take so many freshmen. Take junior and senior um, you know, transfers, juco kids, whatever you want to call them. Um, and, and those are free scholarships because when you replace those guys, you replace them with freshmen, and that's how you balance your class right now. And I'm sure Mario knows that. Um, so I expect um, them to be very heavy in the portal, not go plan B and plan C and freshmen in February. I would look at the line of scrimmage for starters, okay? Um, I'm looking – I would look at a guy like Alan Hay. I don't think has any chance to ever play here. Um, I think Thomas Davis came in very small and light, and, you know, he's the guy that, that I don't know if he'll ever catch up. Um, that's two guys right there on the, on the defensive line that I would certainly um, include on the list. Um, I mean, those guys like just got you know. I don't hate like you know, just got yeah, you. Know, I like, you know, that's but, a little rough. But, but 
but if they're not supposed to you're going to kill yourself been... at, you jettison that kid you kill yourself at Chaminade I, I just look it's going to be very I don't, it's I'm a very just, slippery I'm just throwing slope out names do. of guys that I wonder whether they'll, they'll ever play um, I understand you know, it's going to be very interesting got, to see what he does that's for sure I think you got some linebackers that have very little you know chance to to play um, you know I mean I maybe I'm reaching because they're so young but um, you know, I don't know how well thought of Johnson or Troutman were um, this past well, Troutman's, year. Troutman's, Troutman's tiny, but he can play. And, and Tyler played a little bit at the end. He's going to – look, he's – you know, he's Jaquan's brother. He's going to grow into a pretty good player, I think. But you're right. They have to make decisions. They don't have – like, if, they, if they're going to get top-tier guys in the next two classes, they're not going to have a choice. They're going to have to get rid of players who might turn out to be really, really good – and, like, that's just the risk you take, you know, because they're just overloaded right now with freshmen and sophomores. Like, there's, no, there's too many guys in those two classes right now because of the COVID numbers to compete with each other. Some of them are going are to probably want to leave anyway because when they're in backups uh, as juniors, yeah, I mean, they're going to, you know, say, hey, I'm behind somebody I'm not going to play. They'll leave on their own. But, like, to jettison them right now for this year, I, I don't see it happening necessarily with a lot of them, except maybe some offensive linemen. I mean, the roster has to get better. I mean, I don't, you know, um, you know, I think some of these guys on the offensive line that are way down the depth Look, chart. I, th- I think the offensive guys will get rid of. I get rid of maybe tight end. I know is a horrible numbers wise, but like Mamarelli and Hodges, I, I got no problem getting rid of either of those guys just because of their, you know, Mamarelli has looked good, but injury prone and Hodges and his personal problems. And then the O line, you know, El Gamel. I could see going. Yep. John Campbell even I could see going. And certainly Cleveland Reed and, and maybe even a Traore. Uh, there's offensive line numbers you can get rid of and maybe replace them with defensive numbers um, if you needed to. You know, generally you want to keep your offensive numbers pretty even because right now they have 34 offensive players and 33 defensive players coming back for next year. And, they, and that's a good balance. But they may not have a choice but to take some of these offensive linemen off the team and replace them with defensive guys until they sort of know what they have with the younger defensive players, you know. Yeah, there's probably a half dozen guys that would very easily be candidates to not be invited back, I would think. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I don't. I hate to speculate like that because yeah. you know, everybody's – I know a lot of kids' moms listen to the show and stuff, and, you know, I don't want to hurt feelings and make them feel bad. And, oh, my God, they were saying my son can't play, that kind of thing. But I would think there's about a half dozen guys that might be candidates for that. Yeah. Um, all right, Matt, so – Taking a look at the February list, um, I don't know if you have it in front of you right now, but um, who, if you do have it in front of you, who, um, obviously yeah. Shamar Stewart and Ahmad Moten figure to get hard, uh, hard looks. Um, maybe uh, Jaleel Florence is another one that will get recruited real, real hard. Is there anybody else that really jumps out to you? On on that on that February list. Um, well, you don't want to get that February list up for me. Hold on a sec. Um, let's see here. Um, the ones in February that I would, you know, think they would like to take. You know, the kid who you can't pronounce his last name from <laughs> Dave Uly, uh, who was committed to him at Oregon. I think there's a really good chance with him. You know, I was texting with him today, and I haven't called him yet. We've been we've been so tied up with just you know. I mean, if you guys look at the front page today, I mean, we've been writing stories nonstop all day just tracking down coaches and signing day times and trying to figure out what the hell is going on and talking to sources and this and that. So I've been texting with Dave and um, it sounds like he is really interested in Miami and he's going to visit and um, in January. 
And uh, he did commit to Cristobal. He loves Mirabal. So, um, you know, he's taught, he said he's talking with Mirabal all the time and he's getting texts from Cristobal all the time. So I, I think that would be a great take for Miami. You know, offensive guard, a really good interior guy. I mean, I could see him playing really early here. Um, so that would be great. Um, you know, the other offensive linemen, like, I don't know, I don't have a strong feeling one way or the other on the other three that you mentioned, Brown, Connerly, and McCoy. Uh, defensive line, I think they got to try to get Moten and Stewart. I think they will get um, Moten. As for Stewart, man, I mean, I would love to say they're going to get Stewart. Like, it makes sense to me they would get Stewart. You know, they, they're making these changes. But I, the, the key there is going to really be what happens for the defensive line coach and what happens with the defensive coordinator. And I just, I've talked to Shamar several times, and he doesn't do that many interviews, but I have talked to him several times. And I've been talking to um, a source really close to Shamar, and um, you can just call him a mentor, I guess. And, like, what, what I'm hearing consistently from them is they're trying not to pick a coach and trying to just pick a school. But to me, like, how can you not look at who's coaching you at the time, especially on a new staff where you know the guy's going to be there for a while? You know, that's really the benefit. That's why you really get a, a bounce usually from having a new coaching staff is, you know, the kids know, hey, this guy's going to be around for at least three or four years. You know, he's just starting out to build the program, and I can be a part of it. And he's and I'm his guy and not some prior you know coaching staff's guy. So that's really where you get that balance, and that's why it's almost a shame that that Mario only had ten days and really was very little help from assistant coaches to get this thing going. Um, it was just bad timing. But, uh, but with Shamar, you know, they'll have all January to work him. Yeah, with that? I agree. I think it helps Miami the longer it goes. You know, I, I don't I don't think it hurts them. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, Shamar, look right. It's signing day with Shamar. Goes to Texas A and M. But yep. I see Miami winning out for sure. He's got a lot of friends on the team. That's going to be a huge one. And then at cornerback, they definitely need some more help. Um, uh, hey, just yeah. one thing I want to throw out on Shamar while you're on that one. Uh, keep an eye on Mario's staff because if he can get James Coley on the staff, then I, you know, Coley's been recruiting Shamar to Texas A&M. I, I, I think that would even more so increase Miami's chances of getting Shamar Stewart. Oh, no, if, they get, if they get Coley, I, I would argue that would actually seal the deal for Miami. I mean, I think that's a big yeah. reason he's so hot to trot on uh, – maybe I shouldn't say – I don't know, that's an old thing. Uh, Texas, you know, it's Texas A&M. But, um, but yeah, I mean, again, we've got to just wait and see. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see how they fill out the staff. I know Mario loves great recruiters, and James Coley's a great recruiter, so it would be a great fit. Um, but, yeah, that's going to be a really, a really interesting battle to see what happens with Shamar. All right, Matt. Well, we will um, let you get back on the on the phones and uh, keep tracking guys down. Uh, thanks for uh, coming on here for a little bit on Kane Sport Live. All right. Thanks for not making me be on video. I can just sit here and talk on the phone like a normal person. Yeah, you, 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 get, you get the night off from video. No, no, no good morning. <laughs> I'll take no that. Good, no good morning, Kane Sports tonight. <laughs> All right. Matt, All right. Matt Shod- good luck. Good luck. Matt, to yourself. You got it. Matt Shodell, everybody. Um, yeah, so a lot, just a lot, you know, a lot of interesting stuff here. But, again, this is not your typical signing day tomorrow. And normally we've got drama and, and intrigue and um, not a ton of that this year. All right, uh, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out to the 305. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, hey, how you doing, Gary? Hey, what's up, Shmira? How you doing this week? Ah, you know what? For the first time I could talk to you in the last, uh, I'd probably, eh, maybe 
six or seven years, I'm actually in really, really good spirits. This is a rough <laughs> year for me with uh, – yeah. I mean, I ragged on this whole football program basically from <laughs> the start of the season since I was in uh, Georgia for the, uh, for the Alabama game, and I knew that this needed to be changed. So I'm just for the first time just really excited about sure. And, uh, you know, I just heard you talking to Matt about stuff. You know, for the first time, we have a coach that I could say he will figure it out and he will get the best guys and the best players and get off the guys he doesn't want that don't fit his program. But we know that he is the guy for the job. So it's just a positive to know that we're in good good hands with Mario. I can tell you that. Yep, no doubt. You know, um, I wanted just to bring up a few things. I know that it's mostly a recruiting show tonight, but, uh, you know, obviously we can only talk about the same, the same guys so many times. Yeah, no, you, you can, know, there's a few, can certainly bring up other stuff. Yeah, there's a few things that just, you know, boggle my mind just a little bit that I've been seeing on, obviously, the last week or so on uh, Twitter and social media was a little crazy with Mario, so happy to get that out of the way. But just these guys, when I hear about building this stadium and all this stuff going on, I mean – uh, a, I think it doesn't even make sense. I mean, let's just get over the fact that the Orange Bowl is gone. You know, it was the best place ever. We've moved on from that. There's not going to be another Orange Bowl. But Miami plays currently in Hard Rock Stadium, which is the Rolls-Royce of stadium. And it's proven that when you have a good game and you can get people in the stadium, it's a pretty good atmosphere, you know, i.e. the Notre Dame game. Why in the world would you want to build – a 50,000-seat stadium closer to Coral Gables. Who cares? There's maybe 8,000 undergrad kids at UM. So who even cares about that? Why would, and it's not going to compare to Hard Rock Stadium. So why would you even want to do that? I don't think it's even possible, and who would even want it? But I'm just saying I don't even understand the argument. I don't, I, it's just something that just doesn't click with me. And maybe I'm wrong, but do you agree with me? Um, I'm kind of like in the middle. I see the value of a stadium, but the – the thing is, like, it can't be a crappy stadium. Like, you know, like, you know, I obviously travel the country and go to a lot of these stadiums. I mean, they're not anywhere close to Hard Rock. Uh, <laughs> but I'm saying, uh, why would you, in, you have a really of, good place? Well, yeah, I mean, at Hard Rock, you got great tailgating when they're not building a damn Formula One racetrack out in the parking lot, which obviously right. won't be the case after this year. Uh, you got great luxury suites and club areas and things like that. Way nicer than most college stadiums. Um, I mean, you'd probably have to spend at least $500 million to build a decent college stadium. And, you know, I, I, so I'm kind of like in the middle uh, on this thing. I mean, if they are going to ever build one, I think Tropical Park is the right location. And um, it's got to be a really nice stadium. And it's not going to compare it to Hard Rock, so I don't even understand the argument. But no, Hard Rock's a, that's, a, I mean, almost a billion-dollar stadium now. Yeah, I mean, yeah no. I mean, no, we, both, no, yeah. Right, we both know they're, they're never going to build one. I mean, this is, but, and let's just say this is a 0% chance this will ever happen. They will never build one on campus. So if you're not on campus, why, why not be – what's the difference? If you, you know, 20 minutes away, whatever it is, or 40 minutes of the Hard Rock, what's the difference? I mean, I just don't, under, I just don't understand the argument, but whatever. That's for – Another well, day. this is one um, guy. He, it's it's one guy, Schmira, who's stepping up and saying, "I, I want to do this." That Ruiz guy, and, yeah. yeah, and and it may be reality. It might not. You know. Um, but why I mean, would they want to be reality? Would you, right, would you even be that happy if they were building a fifty, you know, thousand? 
person stadium and in, uh, you know, Tropical Park, whatever, I wouldn't be that enthused about that. It's not going to be the Orange Bowl, so who cares? But whatever. Let's just be happy with when it happens. Um, And then the other two things, you know, just kind of just a little strange. I think that really need to, the NCAA really needs to kind of step in and kind of prevent this from getting a little crazy is the NIL deals are just a little, I, I think obviously, you know, when, like everything, they are meant for, the higher echelon players, you know, the QBs and stuff that command these big contracts because they're going to be Heisman Trophy winners. But now you just see these things where, you know, package deals where everyone's getting, you know, five grand or $500, whatever it may be, and just really not for what it's intended for. And I really think the NCAA needs to kind of get the grips on that before it gets a little too out of control. It's just, I see it already going that way. And I don't really, I'm not too versed in it, but I could just, I don't know. I just think well, that they really need to get their hands on that. I I like the NIL. I think it's good. I I think the problem is the kids need to be taught to honor their deals. Like, you know, that's where the problems yeah, but, come up is when is when they sign contracts and they don't fulfill what they're supposed to fulfill as part of the contracts. Is they think it's all a joke. Like they don't, you know, they think it's an excuse yeah, well, to give them money. Um, I'm not going to name the names or whatever. We did NIL deals with with five different players. Um, I would say four of the five were really, really good in terms of honoring the deals. There, there was one that's not real, hasn't been really good. Um, but like they, the whole team got a deal with uh, American Top Team Dan Lambert, and there was some conjecture this, this week that maybe the NCAA might be investigating it or something. The, listen, I, I was involved with Dan Lambert in getting that organized. I saw the contracts. Uh, it, the contract was written by a top played attorney who was very involved in NIL and knew what he was doing. Those contracts are great contracts. There's not going to be an issue there. Um, Dan Lambert hired somebody. He hired somebody, Schmeira, to oversee the program, get the contracts done, and make sure the players honored the contracts. Now, um, from what I understand, supposedly that took place. Uh, Did it take place 100%? Total top to bottom, entire roster? I'm guessing probably not. And, uh, you know, the onus is on the players to understand that if they sign a contract and start taking money, they need to honor the contracts. And and that is Manny Diaz's fault because I don't think that that tone was ever set this year. I don't know that these players were taught that when you sign a contract, you have to honor it, things like that, because I saw two, you know, I saw a little bit of, of the other direction on that. So, um, I think that it's an education process. This was the first year. I'm sure there were hiccups, but I personally don't have a problem with the NIL. I think it's good for the kids to have some extra money in their pockets. Yeah. I mean, and this would, you know, I think Greg mentioned this earlier. I think there was reports out there, and like I said, we don't know if they got the money or not, but you did see Texas get two huge recruits, and I believe they're going to get another one tomorrow. But I said any – Something with the offensive linemen, they were going to get fifty grand, basically, just to put their pen to paper and be on the offensive line at Texas. I mean, I did see that. There is some, you know, it's a real. Like I said, I don't know, but I mean, that that's not what this is for. This is for Heisman Trophy, you know, that you know, players, you know, the big quarterbacks to try to, you know, get their like their likeness and to get paid for it, not for these, you know, crazy loopholes that get these players, you know. These, I don't know. I, I just don't like it. And, you know, we I can discuss this see, another time. 
I, I think you're going to see Tyler Van Dyke get a big NIL deal. I think but that he deserves um, it. He could be a Heisman Trophy winner. Though. I mean, I'm not saying. By the way, I think they're hyping him up a little too much. But you know, it seems like a really good kid. So I hope he takes you know takes it and just runs with it and gets better. But he deserves it. That's what you're talking about a Heisman. You know, he'll be on the list of a top five Heisman guy next year. That's that's what it's for, not for. You know, I don't know. Name some random linebacker on the team to get random money. You know, I, I don't know. Well, I mean, uh, look, I mean, it, it, it's not a problem for kids. For you know, those kids are getting like say five hundred a month from American right. Top Team that wanted to support the whole roster. I mean, uh, I can see why the NCAA's antenna went up on that, but it's good for those kids to have that money. Right. And then just my last little point I want to make, and I also think that this whole portal thing is getting a little out of control and you're going to start seeing a lot it's going to eventually start affecting high school kids that aren't going to get the scholarships and i think a lot of these guys i think are not going to find places that are going to want them so i mean i think that's going to eventually you know tone down a little because right now it's free agency and who want i mean you take you you know these coaches spend years recruiting these kids and all of a sudden they jump in the portal a year later. I think that's the, you're quitting on your team for the most part because you're not starting. You know what is that? I don't. I think that's not what college what it what it was really intended for. You know, I like I like the rules before that as a grad transfer you could leave and then I think you should have to sit out a year if you're gonna you know you're not honoring your contract basically you're you're getting and I think everything like in today's days are just giving kids a an easy way out of things. And I don't think that's what it should be, but yeah, I guess that could be debated, but all right. But like I said, I, you know, all, all is well. And I'm so excited for next year. I already got renewed my season tickets and everything. And I'm just excited for the future. here. All right. Shmiro. Thank you for being part of the Uh, show. You got it. We'll talk to you next time. Yeah. All right, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Um, at some point here in the 9 o'clock hour, we're going to be joined by Mr. Larry Bluestein, the guru of South Florida high schools, and, uh, and um, we'll talk a little bit uh, recruiting with Larry and get his thoughts on what's going on down at the U in that regard. Um, but right now, let's go to the 917. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, what's up, BK Hurricane? What's up, BK? How you doing this week? What's going on, man? I'm, I'm just hanging in there. Listen, quick question, like on the NIL, right? Yep. Do you think at some point they'll have to develop, like, a cap? Because these numbers will really start getting out of hand, and it will start to give, you know, certain teams an unfair advantage, like, okay, Texas gives me – I'm just throwing out numbers. Texas gives me 150000 and Alabama says, well, listen, kid, come here. We'll give you 200000 Yep. I don't think you're wrong. I I think that's already happening. I just don't see how you could set a cap. I I think that that would be open whoever was trying to set that cap up to lawsuits. I mean, how do you restrict what somebody's able to make? If if Kid A is able to make a million dollars, what do you 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 tell them the cap? The cap's a hundred thousand. I mean, you can't do. You can't really do that. You know. Well, let's just say, uh, you know, like this whole thing is stemming from NIL, right? Name, image, and likeness, right? So, yep. so, so, so at some point, like you said, you know, the kids have to prove, you know, at some point they have to be held to that contract. Like you said, some of them, you know, 
slide under the cracks, and some of them, you know, just pretty much took the money and didn't have any responsibility to hold up to the contract, right? Mm-hmm. But there has to be some kind of governing body that 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 tracks these things, you know, because if if, if professional athletes, if professional teams, like so to say, have a salary cap, so to say. There should be an NIL cap. There was a cap in regards to how much a college, like, you know, before NIL, how much a college could give to a kid just for basic everyday living. What was that, like 50 bucks? I don't know what the number was, right? Mm-hmm. I think, you know, you know, before this thing gets out of hand, it's like they, there has to be some form of cap. I just, like I said, I don't see how they could legally do it. I don't see how they would legally do it. I really don't. Oh, uh, well, you know, I mean, it's bad enough that, you know, in, in, you know, like the market is already set for college coaches. Half of them are probably, half of them are getting paid more than NFL coaches, which may be pretty good because it gives them no incentive to go to the NFL unless they have a dream of winning the Super Bowl. But <laughs> no more leaving college to the NFL for the money, you know? At yes. Least. <laughs> You know, you know they're getting paid enough in in you know two years, and you're Mel Tucker, and you're getting what does he get nine million a year, ten million, whatever the number is, a ridiculous number. He hasn't even proved himself as a as a coach yet. Right. Uh, yeah, that was that, oh, they, that, that was that was irresponsibility by Michigan State. It really was because it created a new salary scale for coaches around the country, and like That's in some cases, they set it, the market. It, yeah, like Mario Cristobal probably would have been a six million dollar coach before the Mel Tucker deal. He became an eight million dollar coach, and that's really what it did across the board. It just dro- it drove up salaries, you know. Great right. for the and, and that's right. Yeah, it's great for the coaches. Never going down. There's going to have a lot of uh, uh, college teams with a lot of average coaches making ten million, <laughs> eight, nine, ten million dollars a year. I mean, didn't Florida State just give Mike Novell an extension? Uh I'm not sure. I didn't they see gave that. him an extension. Yeah, an did extension. They? I think he got an extension today. I was like, "What for? What? What did he do?" Mm-hmm. Well, uh, man, this whole thing is getting out of hand. But you know, like the recruiting thing, I'm just waiting. You know, I'm really not pressed for it. I'm really not pressed because you know I wasn't expecting much in regards to signing day. I'm more looking forward towards the transfer portal, and hopefully, you know, you know they could evaluate some good kids that's in the transfer portal and pick some of them up. Oh, but last question though. I'm not sure if you noticed how, how is Georgia keeping all them five stars, keeping them from transferring? And then I don't know. The field. I mean, they're, they're stacking five star DBs every yeah. for the last four years. And they're just sitting on the bench. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how they, how they get, get those kids to stay. I mean, I mean, Tyreek didn't stay. I mean, I don't. But I mean, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Can't answer that one. I mean, I was looking at their roster. I'm like, holy shit! How are these guys not hitting the transfer portal? Except for Tyreek, he was the only one that said, you know. I think with Tyreek, it was more the fact that he wanted to come home. But geez, these other guys, my goodness gracious! But that's good, Gary. That's all I have. Keep me on. All right, man. You got it. Thanks. Thanks as always for being part of the show. All right, um, I believe that um, Larry Bluestein's on the line, so I'm going to go find him here uh, in the queue. Um, 
There he is, and um, let's bring him on that right now. Um, the guru of South Florida and Florida high, high school football, and a guy that also follows his share of recruiting, and that's Larry Bluestein, who we always like to have on our show at least once a year, right before signing day. Larry, welcome back to Kane Sport Live. Thanks. How you doing tonight? Thanks, Thanks Larry. Like I appreciate it. Huh? Like you're washing di- are you washing dishes there or something? There's a little no. crackle on your phone. <laughs> no, that was uh, – I'm not watching. Uh, I'm trying to take it on so I can get off our speaker, and, and now we're okay. Now you hear me better? Right. Yeah, that's good. So, uh, so Larry, first of all, how, how are you? Um, obviously, you know, high school football is, is coming to uh, Crescendo this week with the state championship games uh, down here. Um, yes. You know, your, th- your thoughts just on the high school football season in general, I guess. Um, productive, uh, you know, for a lot of kids, uh, still, uh, because of, you know, COVID, we had a lot of kids that, uh, you know, uh, for one reason or another, the games were canceled and a couple of them weren't made up. And, you, you know, nowadays you're living off, uh, a point system and every game you play and every opponent that you have is based on a point system. And that's why a team like St. Thomas Aquinas, when, they were when Plantation uh, uh, said they had COVID and couldn't play St. Thomas that week. St. Thomas had to scramble around, and that was their only loss. They lost to the number one team in the state, um, and uh, Tampa Jesuit with Todd Bowles' son, who's a heck of a linebacker. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's been really, really a good year as far as that. Uh, you know, kind of uncertain South Florida wise as far as colleges because you have two new coaches in town and. Uh, you know, a lot of these kids, uh, you know, are who, you know, were in line for Miami before, uh, you know, we'll take a step back and see what's going on. And uh, obviously they're still in the mix. And I think uh, Miami over the next, you know, it's not what they're going to do this year. I think it's what they're going to do over the next couple of years that are going to pretty well, pretty much wow a lot of people because, uh, but I still think because Mario Cristobal is such a, you know, a great salesman when it comes to any program, you know, I, we, I usually call it paycheck loyalty, which is good because you have to, you know, wherever your, your paycheck's coming from, you have to do real well. But in this case, it's not only paycheck loyalty, uh, but it's his alma mater. And uh, he wants, because he's seen in the past what happens when you take over, you know, your own program, you know, for the school that you played for the the classes that you attended and, you know, here's a guy that has two degrees from the University of Miami, and uh, obviously he saw with Randy Shannon, and he saw, you know, had an opportunity to, you know, see what Mark Rick went through, and and he knows it's not easy. And uh, but at the same time, he's got to be him, and if he's him, he's going to be lethal. Uh, Larry, this is the quietest signing day I think I've ever seen at Miami and really in South Florida in general. Um, yeah. Tomorrow I'm, I'm looking at, you know, we're, we're you know, we, we were looking at the schedule and thinking about where we're going to go. And, um, you know, I think I'm going to start out the morning at Miami central and go see Wesley, the same right. sign. And, and, um, you know, then there'll be about a three, three and a half hour lull there. And, uh, going to pop up to, I guess, Dillard and, and see Nigel E. Kelly sign. But mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot else, Larry. I've, I've, no. never, seen, I've never seen anything like this. Um, so I wanted to ask you a little bit about that. Um, sure. Is, is South Florida high school football 
as good and as deep as you and I have known it for our whole lifetime? Yeah, it still is. But you have a couple of factors playing around, and one of them is the, uh, the portal. And that right now is kind of backlogged a lot of things where, you know, in the past, uh, these kids would have been signing, you know, tomorrow. Uh, but right now you're finding a lot of colleges who are maybe waiting on the portal. And they've got these guys, Gary. I, I watched it, how, these, how a lot of these schools have hired people to go into the portal and dissect everybody that's in the portal and have like a, you know, a running database because, you know, let's face it. And I've said this often, uh, that's now everything's changed. I mean, you know, and then we could credit obviously the, the, the pandemic for a great deal of it, but you know what? The, the very fact's still going to remain that now everybody likes, uh, you know, I think they like, there's people who like the portal. Uh, I think college coaches like it a lot more than high school coaches because now mm-hmm. high school coaches are finding it tougher to sell their kids. But college coaches, you know what? And I've often said this in some parallel crazy way, Bill Snyder of Kansas State was a genius ahead of his time because didn't he have his own built-in transfer portal, Gary? Gary, he had a junior yeah. colleges. And yes. that's what it was. And, and I kept saying, you know, and everybody criticized them. And every year they kept, you know, kept, oh, how could you have 17 guys? And he had, and he won. And, uh, you know, we had guys like Klein and those type of guys that went on to the NFL. I, I'm just saying, you, you know, that's going to be the wave of the future. It's just because kids get disgruntled. But I think there has to be, just like the – yeah, name, image, and likeness, I think there has to be guidelines. You see, they all jumped in head first to this, you know, and, 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 the, and nobody likes the NCAA because they, you know, they're, they're an authoritative figure. But at the same time, you need some of that. You need structure. You need structure. I mean, I'm not – listen, every college athlete, male and female, deserve to get compensated for what they do, and I'm never going to go against that. But at the same time, there's got to be limits. I mean, geez, you know, Bryce Young may not even want to go to the NFL. <laughs> what the heck? You know, geez, he's making more, going to be making more at Alabama than he's going to be making, you know, in a rookie contract. So, yeah, they got to kind of step back and everybody, you know, this is just us against them type of mentality. And it's kind of crushed recruiting. It really has. Because you know me, Gary, I see a billion kids. But mm-hmm. now I'm finding that – I'm probably working harder to, to get these kids, uh, you know, in front of people. And, you know, and everybody goes, well, mine has only got, you know, six, seven scholarships so far, whatever the number may be. But the whole thing is, is, you know, Mario Cristobal, by sometime around February, it's going to have a lot of kids. And they're going to be mm-hmm. quality kids. It's not going to be, it's not going to be a bunch of bulk. It's going to be good kids. Uh, you know, I, Heard the name early on in the conversations, Justin Flo, but I haven't heard that name since. Yeah, we spoke to his and, dad. He, his dad told us he's more than likely to stay out on the West Coast. But uh, there, okay. there are others that will factor in with Mario. There's no doubt about it. No there doubt. will be no kids in Oregon that want to come here. There's going to be February signees that are going to want to come here. Yeah. And they're not the alone. weird. In, 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 I was just going to say, the thing that's weird is just not too many of them are from South Florida. Um, right. You know, I, I, was, I saw a stat today. There's, there's um, I think, 13 
Florida kids in the top 100 recruits um, this year, and at least 11 or 12 of the 13 are going to leave the state of Florida and go to school outside the state. And, um, you know, it's it's just really, really weird what is going on right now, not just in South Florida, but really, you know, the whole state. And um, I, I think the, the it, it just seems like there's a shortage of blue chip players in in Dade and Broward County this year. Like, uh, they're just there's there's just not a ton of the usual quality we would see. Um, so the question I would ask you, Larry, is how does it look for the next cycle and the one after that? How are the ne- how are the next yeah. two years shaping up in South Florida? Really good. I mean, you got, like you mentioned, Bain is going to be elite, top echelon type of kid. Uh, certainly Brandon Innes from American Heritage Plantation, top-notch wide receiver who decommitted from uh, from Oklahoma. Uh, this, you have perhaps more wide receiver talent uh, in the state of Florida next year than they've had in 10 to 12 years. Such elite. Uh-huh. I mean, you have 10 to 15 elite type of kids. And, uh, yeah, I, yeah, it looks really good. But I wouldn't discount, you know, you see there's not that much talent now, uh, you know, for this cycle. And there were. I mean, you got the Earl Littles and you got all those kids like that and the Kenyatta Jacksons and, and, and players of, of that nature who were up, you know, uh, Ohio State, Alabama type guys. Uh, the, the whole thing is, is they're not going to Miami. Now, they could have easily gone to Miami, but Gary, you've been around us for a long time, and I could rattle off a trillion names, and I saw one of them uh, tonight, Marvin Jones Sr., you know, that could have easily gone to Miami, but he didn't, and Derek Thomas could have easily gone to Miami, and he didn't, and Steve Hutchinson, and on and on and on, and it's been like that forever. It's just now, what's happening is being magnified. And I think you're going to see less magnification now because you have uh, a, somebody who is one of the better recruiters and the better closers around in Mario Cristobal. And then you've got, he is going to get a staff. And I always tell people like this, and this is what Jericho, the, the kid Jacuri Burns said. And um, uh, in one of his interviews, uh, he says, yo, I'm going to Miami because I loved it before. And all they're going to do is upgrade it. And that's what everybody is really feeling right now, that with Mario Cristobal, everybody that he brings in, Gary, is going to be somebody that is going to be a work ethic crazy man like him, is going to be able to understand where he be on the same page. And that's why, uh, you know, I'm sure he's talking to trillions of them as he's going to recruiting trips. He's on the phone constantly with guys and that could be great fits. And, you know, you got to see what their contracts are and you got to see, you know, uh, different things like that, you know, and, and, and now that he's given uh, more of a, uh, you know, a, a, you know, a green light to get top flight coordinators, uh, he's going to do so. And Miami's got the money now to bring in those top flight coordinators, and then you start building around there. So the cheap days are over, and now there's no more excuses because everybody now is going to be a transparent type of thing, and that's the one thing about Mario Cristobal that I've known since he was 15 years old, that he, he'll never lie to you. He'll always tell you if, either way, you know. So, And that's good, and that's a great thing because, you know, I dealt and you dealt with plenty of coaches that just BS you to death and just to try to get you pacified. And uh, Mario won't do that. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. 
All right, let me ask you about a couple of these kids. Um, <clears throat> Nigel E. Kelly um, started yeah. out looking like he was going to go to Florida State. Uh, then it started looking like he was liking Miami a little bit. He he had a heavy flirtation with Mario Cristobal when he was out at Oregon. Now Mario comes back here, and Nigel Leak has he's a, he's going to jump into the Miami uh, boat tomorrow. Uh, your thoughts on on Nigel E. Kelly, the player? Difference maker, right away, right away. And you know what? Here's the best indication. And um, uh, we were at the Dillard game this year against St. Thomas Aquinas, and uh, one of the writers, John Santucci, uh, and I were, you know, watching this game, watching Nigel Leak, and all of a sudden he got, he, I got think he got rolled up on, and he came out. And Gary, for those nine plays, St. Thomas Aquinas dominated. Okay, and then all of a sudden he comes back in, and then the game went back to where it was. That shows you huh. he's a difference maker, big, strong. Agile type of kid, uh, great, got a tremendous motor. Yeah, he's a he's 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 one of those musts. All right, and um, another guy that would seemingly fall in that category would be uh, Wesley Bethane, the linebacker from Miami Central. Your thoughts on him? He's committed to Miami. We think he's going to stick tomorrow. Yeah, he's going to stick. And uh, first time I I met Wes. Um, was in the gym at Miami Central High School, and he was a ninth grader, and he took a basketball and didn't even move, and he jumped straight up and dunked it. <laughs> wow. Ninth grade. And I'm thinking, huh? Two minutes later, Coach gets him out. Uh, Coach Roland Smith grabs him out. He says, let's go. Let's go. And I watched him play football. And the one thing I've known since he was a 10th grade, he goes sideline to sideline. He's got quickness. He's got a frame where you could put 30 pounds on him easily, easily get his butt in the weight room. By the time he's a junior end of junior year in college, he's, he's on everybody's list in the NFL. And I, I think the strength program of Miami, I mean, David Feely has been believed to be doing a decent job, but I, I think it's going to go up even in a whole nother notch to a whole nother level uh, when this guy Aaron Feld comes into the building. And uh, I think we're going to see kids like Wesley Bassaint get developed better yep. um, maybe than kids like that have been developed in the program in the past. I mean, uh, we look at the linebackers on the roster right now. We're not seeing a ton of development there. And yeah. you know maybe that yeah. maybe that's something that starts getting a lot better in the Miami program, um, Larry. I don't know how much you've gotten to see of Chris Graves, uh, the defensive yes. back. Mitt. I, I think he's going to stick in the class. Um, it looks that way right now. Uh, what are your thoughts on Chris Graves? Just a solidly athletic kid. I went to last year when we went to two years ago. Went over to Bishop Thoreau and uh, watched the other young man that uh, came to Miami, and we're watching. Both of both of them play, and I'm thinking, ooh, this kid may be a little bit better. He's got great great hips in the secondary. He can throw. He, can, he even threw a couple of balls. I said, wow, he's pretty athletic, and uh, yeah, I like him a lot. I like him a lot, and because he's a proven guy, I've got a chance to watch him, and uh, you know, and and the one thing too, Gary, I, uh, and I think people, I want people to understand that while you know the the other coaching staff, and I'll never say a bad word what they did they they did what they did uh but i will tell you this the one thing about what mario's going to do and what he what we haven't had here in a long time is take those wesley bassain take those top ranked kids and bring them up to their potential 
we've had nobody mm-hmm. to teach these kids. We've had nobody to reach down and, you know, reach, reach every fiber in their body to bring out that five star, that four star. And you've got it now. You've got people that will, will, will work you to your strengths. And, uh, that's something that I think people don't understand. I don't, you know, I don't think the average fan realizes, you know, Miami's had this talent developed been crazily bad <laughs> you know i mean and but now it's going to improve and i know that for a fact it will improve because i know the i know the product i know the people i know him i know the the people that he's going to bring here and it's going to improve and that's that's why miami's going to be a much much better team taking nothing away from manny diaz or what lashley did because like i said you know without manny diaz we don't have the one of the best quarterbacks in the country and you know and that's just the way it is i mean it's just uh, you know, he's done some really good things, and now we move on. And I told you, uh, the one thing about Mario, he's blind. He's got blinders on, and that's the way you want your head coach to be. And uh, he's got no uh, – like, like he said, i got to let the boys do their thing, you know, out there, and let's win that Sun Bowl, and I'm going to take care of my business. And that's right. – see, that's the way you like because, you know what, He's not if he was not if he wasn't thinking about his own school, he'd go, Ah, the hell of it, I'll just take it over, you know, you know, like that. And no. He wants what's best for the kids and what's best for the kids is what they have now and they've got the best chance to win the game and against Washington State and and that's the thing, Gary. That's so important to have a guy who everybody kinda like stops and, and focuses on the things that he does and not just so much as you know, this or that, and oh, I'm going to wait till he loses eight games. I'm going to fly a banner. Yeah, right. You'll be doing that for the rest of your life because yeah, nothing's I'm ever going to meet everybody. And, and, and I, hope, <laughs> I hope I don't sound like a hypocrite saying this because I have been critical of what's been going on in the program for many, many years and justifiably so. I mean, this is it, Larry. Like, this is it. Like, yeah. You have a guy oh, in the Oh, yeah, no more excuses, office. Gary. This is it. This is it. You're this right. This is it. No more excuses. Um, they no got everything excuses. they wanted. Yep. Yep. They got everything. Got they got the a money great athletic director. Yep. Got, as good as it, and that's as, another as thing we got to talk about. Yep. As you got good a, as it gets. a great athletic director that knows everything about the athletic department and not just football. And I'm sorry, I heard a lot of crap that I I took a lot of crap because I said, oh, how can you even think about hiring a Bernie Kosar or Alonzo Highsmith for an athletic director. That's not no. really thinking the, what, you're, what you're talking about. I mean, they're great for the football program, but they, they're going to they're go tell, uh, you know, Paige over at the tennis that she can't have new uh, – or they can't travel this year? Uh, how right. the heck do they know? And that's the no. one thing that I'm glad they got somebody in place who's going to put other people in place that are qualified. Yeah, yeah. This is it. You're right. I mean, there's no more chances because you've given them in 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 football, especially every new start. You've given them so many new beginnings, and <clears throat> excuse me, we bought into it all the way. Um, you know, but like, I mean, like I was saying, like I, I have been critical, and I and I, you know, I've had a million conversations about what's been going on there for years, and the criticism that myself or you know occasionally you or anybody else ever um had it was it was justified it was warranted if anything it probably wasn't as loud as it needed to be and right you know they they finally found the will to make these changes and um 
So, you know, now, like, this is it. And and I think the fan base needs to understand that. Like, like you know, they're not winning every game next season, okay? They're going to lose, and don't go to the stadium and start booing. Don't go on talk shows. Flying planes. And start flying planes that the coach needs to be fired and, and this and that. This is Miami's yeah, yeah. best shot, Larry, and I know you agree with me. This is Miami's best shot to get this done any time in the next decade. And, you know, the fan base should should, should be an asset to it now. Um, this is not a joke. This is not a, a fly-by-night operation that's going to be going on there. It is going to be funded. It is going to have high-quality people working in that building in every area, in the weight room, uh, player evaluation, dining, you know, player diet. All, every, there's not an area of that program that's not going to be addressed appropriately. And, um, you know, it, it's time to look at it a little differently, I, I, I think. And I'm, I'm assuming you agree. Yep. Well, yeah. And because of the fact that, you know, where Mario came from, he pretty much had every amenity possible. You know, I mean, they, they, they weren't afraid to throw out some money for their sports programs at Oregon. I mean, everybody knows it. But the one thing, like you said, I think he came here with a number of thing, of stipulations in his own head. And one of them was that they've got to do what it takes. They've got to give him all the materials to be that program that everybody wants them to be. And and they have. It looks like they have. Uh, and now it's up to him because of the fact that now that he has that, you know, that, that carte blanche and then he's got that green light, now he can start hiring the best of the best of. That uh, guy, like I said, and I, I just think that you're 100% right. This will be the final deal because they've given you a, an athletic director and I listened to him last week on an interview, Gary, and I'll tell you what. He's got his, got his stuff together. I listened to him how, you know, he, he just goes about explaining different things. And, yeah, yeah, you need somebody like that. I think he and Mario hit it off immensely uh, because of the fact that they're, like, they both are, like, workaholics for the cause. And, uh, yeah, so I think there's a lot to be happy about. But you know what? Also with this, with the recruiting, I think people are going to be really surprised. You know how what type of class he came up up with. You know, just in a short time. Uh, you know, whether it be through the transfer portal or the freshman. And you had, you know, if they, yeah, I they think, signed. Those... I think we'll have to judge it when it's in its entirety. And I think, it, yeah. and I think it's, gonna, I think it's going to look a lot better in its entirety than than it may look tomorrow in its condensed form after just the early period. Exactly. But but even you said there's going to be a lot of programs. I mean, you have an, another major program in this state, Florida, who's going to be doing the same. And they're way worse off, I mean, you know, than Miami is as far as where they're at recruiting-wise. At least Miami's had uh, that stellar 21 class, and they had a really good 20 class. So they're kind of, you know, ahead of a lot of schools and I just think that, you know, with Mario Chris Bond, listen, there's a lot of kids that are down in Miami that excelled this last year as freshmen, whether it be redshirt or, or uh, 
true freshmen. And don't you think that they're on, on the horn campaigning for a lot of these kids too? You know, I mean, I'm sure they are. They go, Hey dude, we've got it. We've got it. You come and by next year, we're going to, you know, and that's, that's the way it is. And, um, and I think that's where, where Miami's going because of what you said. Um, there's nowhere else. You, you can't, say oh well, we should hire this guy no you've got the guy you want you've got the athletic director that's going to take you there so now now let's let's see what happens all right larry i'm going to i'm going to mention the dreaded a word which is kind of poisonous down here in south florida and that's alabama and they always come down and steal somebody and uh this year it looks like it's going to be earl little jr um your thoughts on earl little jr how good a player he is and how big of a loss that is for miami yeah, it is. Any legacy is the loss, you know, I mean, but uh, because you like to keep that transition going. But, you know, sometimes it's not meant to be. And like I said, you know, when I rattled off the Derek Thomases and people like that, you know, some they do leave. And um, this is a guy that I think will end up playing safety. He's a corner now. I just, you know, I watched him in the Miami Central game. Um, you know, eventually they moved him over to the safety spot and they played him at both. He's got the hips and his dad is you know, really taught him a lot, and so does Pat and Daryl and all those. You see, that's the thing about Heritage. If you're a defensive back, holy mackerel, you know, because, you know, you, you had uh, Earl Little Jr. and you had, uh, you know, Pat Sertan and you had uh, Daryl Porter all playing in the NFL. So, uh, yeah, he's really good. Uh, you know, he's going to, you know, is he going to be one of those instantaneous starters? Maybe not, but he'll be like battle and maybe in his second year or so. Uh, or third year, you know, rise up a little bit and play. And uh, it depends because now he's going against the best in the country every day in practice. So if wide receivers start torching him or if he's not coming up and make plays, it's, uh, he's going to have to work harder and harder. It's, uh, but I like I'm going uh, like... to make a prediction, Larry. I'm going to make, predict- make a prediction right now that in two years or a little we'll be back at Miami. <laughs> and and Mario Cristobal's been kind of like alluding at that kind of thought, and like he what he's saying is that you know when he his recruiting approach has changed. Like you know, obviously you want to win on every kid, but you're gonna have a lot of these kids that leave that end up coming back into your picture a couple years down the road because maybe they're not you know you know maybe they're going yeah. into a little bit of a buzzsaw. Um, you know, you go to Alabama as a defensive back. I mean, I'm sorry. That is as competitive of a situation as you will ever find as an athlete. And they're going to sign, they're going to sign four or five, six guys. And at least half of them are never going to make it there. And, um, you know, yeah. it's a, it's a great point. And I'm going to make a prediction right now that a couple of years from now, Earl Little Jr. will be back at Miami. All right. Uh, but you know what? Uh, yeah. And I see it's the same thing as like, Rambo coming to Miami last year because the wide receiver room, how ironically, is emptied out at Oklahoma. It was easily one of the best in the country. So, and that's why somebody like Rambo, a year after they lost the other kid to the Dallas Cowboys and uh, a tremendous receiver, uh, comes to Miami and lights it up because he's given an opportunity. Uh, we'll see. You know, I mean, I, you know, to me, I, I've heard rumors, too, that uh, that uh, Marvin Jones Jr. Uh, may be headed up uh, to Alabama as well. Yep, uh, I believe it. But with, with, with the success 
they've had with Dallas Turner, who, who played this year and played a big role for Alabama out of St. Thomas after, you know, work with Jason Taylor. And then, you know, you look at some of those guys. I mean, it's just – it may be in the cards. But the Nigel Lee Kelly kid, I'm telling you, get him into the tutelage of whoever it is. I'd like to see Jeff Simpson today, but I, I don't know what his uh, relationship with Mario is. Yeah, I've always liked Jess. You like you like Jess as well, or no? Yeah, I'm just um, I'm not sure what Mario is is thinking right now at, at um. Yeah, me either. At, I don't you know, so I don't want to speculate. But anyway, you know, I mean, I'm sure whoever he gets is going to be really good, and he's going to coach somebody like him up, just like Roberts last year from Columbus, who I think is going to be an absolute freak because he's big, strong, and he's exceptionally smart. So yeah, that's uh, I'm excited about him and. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, Miami could, you know, as they land these kids, you know, you look at them and see what you have. But I, I think people are going to be pleasantly surprised that Mario's back here for, for you know, for the long run, as you said. No and, doubt. Uh, Signed a 10-year and, uh, contract. He, I, think he, I think he's planning on finishing his career here, Larry. Yeah, yeah, that's a smart – and because, you know, I mean, certainly after he goes through this, this contract – um, and he gets anywhere near that money, um, he'll be able to, you know. And his fam, and that's another thing, too, you know. I mean, I guess family is so important, and now his kids finally get to be here full-time and get a chance to see their cousins and, you know, and, and, and know the family. And, you know, it's it's all new, but it's, you know, it's a great environment, uh, you know, for them to grow up in because they know a lot of people. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. And then, you know, and then having Coach Maribel with him has been his right-hand guy forever since the FIU and uh, as far as learning, knowing offensive linemen, he certainly does, and he he's done a great job, and he's going to keep it going. You'll see the it's just he it just Mario's so in tune, uh, you know, to trying to be the best, and he's got to surround himself with that too. So um, you know you you and that but but that we could never fault Manny for because they told him to upgrade or he was advised to upgrade both ways, and he and he did. So I can't I can't t- take that away from him. Um, I got to ask you about Julian Armella, another South Florida kid that clearly is going to get a, get away. Um, I'm not sure where he's going. I don't. I mean, I don't know if he's going to Florida State or Alabama or, or, or what. Um, I don't know if you've heard anything on that front. Um, but also, your thoughts on Julian Armella in general? He's a really good player. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think he's got a long way to go uh, from a technical standpoint. And he needs to make a just a total commitment around the clock to getting in the weight room because wherever he goes, he's gonna he's gonna have to. He's a big kid, but uh, you know that was. But he really over the last years changed his whole uh, you know outlook and uh, on the on himself and in the game. So I think wherever he goes will be good. I you know I I I would think he would be better off to go to an FSU and probably you know whatever your legacy, especially his dad went there and everything. I think it'd be a good thing for him. Uh, you know, in that in that situation, get away from this area, which he needs to do, I believe, and uh, you know, just be on his own and do you know, do, carve out a uh, you know, uh, you know, a future for himself. But he's good. He's a really good uh, player. Uh, you know, it, uh, there's a but you know him being from you know South Florida and Mario having all these ties. You never know. <laughs> I know that would be way at, at pulling something right out of a hat. But if you ever thought about that, that's you know, his dad was a an outstanding player back in the day. You covered him, I think, right? I, be, I believe I did, yeah. 
Yeah, you did. It's great. Yeah, so uh, really good. Uh, yeah, and I like him. Um, Larry Shamar Stewart, uh, maybe the best player coming out of South Florida this year. Um, yeah. You know, I guess it, I guess it would be between him and Nigel Eek and maybe uh, the Saints. I mean. Um, your thoughts on Shamar Stewart? He's not going to sign. It doesn't appear till February. Um, Mario Cristobal is, is going to become his best friend, I guarantee you, because Shamar yeah. will be the focal point of February recruiting, no doubt. Um, how good is Shamar? And uh, do you think Miami can reel him back in from uh, what looks like Texas A&M is leading right now? Well, I think he's really, really – he's a talented young man. He's got size. He's got you know, really good quickness. He's just he's just lagged probably behind what a lot of kids do, and they're you know being technical. Uh, you know, you can only teach a kid that so you know so much. I think he needs to get to that next level and and let let that you know he's a really good player, but he can be a a, a really really good player, and uh, that's what we just talked about development. And uh, I don't think he's what Nigel Leak is right now because Nigel Leak's more athletic. Um, mm-hmm. He's a, he's a kid. Remember, a couple of years ago, he's only Nigel Leak was like one ninety five. <laughs> he was really small. I mean, thin. But he always had that quickness, that great first step, and he's just really athletic. He's getting stronger. So that's the difference between the two. But boy, you'd like to have them both in that class because you know. You talk about development, you can develop them both together, and, boy, they could be bookends for a couple of years. Yep, no doubt. Um, Kenyatta Jackson from Chaminade never really considered Miami at all. I mean, like, at all. Uh, is going to Ohio State. Uh, how big of a loss is he, and, and why do you think that Miami didn't even get a cup of coffee with him? Yeah, well, good story. He's – He's a fast track to the first round in the NFL. I can tell you that right now. He's in the mold of the Bosa's. He is. You'll see. This kid just uh, – I watched him uh, uh, tonight. I, as you know, I went to the, the, uh, the taping for the uh, Nat Moore Trophy, and uh, Kenyatta was one of the uh, four kids that were in the, in the awards. And uh, I watched the, the – I've watched him three times live. He's a man-child. And here's the deal. He was a late bloomer who went to Everglades High School that really wasn't technically sound. His dad had to take him off the field as a freshman because he just didn't – he was embarrassed. This kid worked his tail off. Once he got to, to Chaminade at the end of his freshman year, uh, he had, he's worked like no, no other player in this area. He's, he's a major loss. He's, he's what – what Leonard Taylor was last year as a defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. He's, and I watched him, I got to say, four times live this year. And I'll tell you what, he's, he'll get to Ohio State. It's going to be awfully tough. I know they got kids, but it's going to be awfully tough to keep him off the field, even as a true freshman. All right, Larry, um, final <laughs> thought before we let you go. Um, what does Mario Cristobal need to do? to get the state of Miami back. You know, obviously that's been the mission. Nobody's been able to do it. Um, you know, what, what does Mario need to do here to, to get the state of Miami back? Well, and that means that you're talking about being in the national championship. Huh? And right now they've got to deepen this team. This, this team has no depth. Uh, basically, 
other than running back. And we saw what happened this year when you were forced to use true freshmen. Um, way you when you have depth on a team, and and I've said this, I think you and I talked before. Back in the day when Miami was good, whether it be in the late 80s or even the early 2000s, when you went to a spring game and you walked behind the bench and looked at the names of the jerseys and you go, oh, man, I forgot they had him. See, that's when you know you're back and you know that you're in the mix every year. Miami doesn't have that type of depth. All those eye-catching guys are playing. You know, I mean, they their bench is really not good. Uh, you know, I mean, after – you know, you look at, I mean, obviously there's that quarterback, Tyler Van Dyke, had to prove himself, uh, just like uh, Jake will have to and everybody else. Uh, but there's just the offensive line has no depth. They're, they're thin on defensive tackles. They got a couple, but, you know, a few that are really good. You see linebackers. They, there's no, I don't think there was many teams with a winning record this year. And you look back in the NCAA that had, that had a, a linebacking core like Miami did. Miami's linebacking core was average, maybe even less than average. And, and um, yeah, you know, I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, you were good in the secondary, and they, they had a lot, you know, but depth issue is a, is a killer, and you know that. I mean, and everybody else who's vying for that playoff spot, I don't care who it is, Oklahoma, you know, Oklahoma State now is getting a lot deeper. Miami's got to mm-hmm. get deep, and that's where Mario. I, that's where I say, clean. If you know guys in that transfer portal, let's get them in. Let's get them in. Get as many as you can get in, and then what you do is then you start winning. You build things up. Then you get your freshman, and then you start. You know the Tracy Howards and the and the Duke Johnsons who were forced into playing as soon as they got here. That you can't do that. That's not. <laughs> that's not how you build a program. That's why Alabama's got these kids. Keep rolling up, keep rolling up. Oh, there'll never be another guy like him or two or that. Come on. They're going to have – because they know the system. They, you know, they know they're going to win, and they'll sacrifice sitting the bench for that extra year. And that's where Alabama's and, and those types of schools. And Miami can get there, but they've got to build. They've really – I mean, they've got to stop. But not stockpile with just kids. They've got to get, you know – people who can get in there and make a difference and the, and that's where I'm confident I think that he's been the best recruiting type of head coach that we've had in a long time here mm-hmm. he's Larry Bluestein, everybody um blue I think we've taken enough of your time for tonight uh thank you uh so so much for stopping by Kane Sport Live and appreciate the opinions and insight and uh we'll see how tomorrow goes and uh I'm sure we'll be talking again very soon Good stuff. Thanks, Gary. We'll talk to you. Have a great night. All right, Larry. Always a pleasure talking to Larry Bluestein. And um, nobody is more passionate and nobody gets out and and sees more high school players and games than Larry. And um, when he gives you an opinion, um, you know it's from a foundation of knowledge. And that's why I love having him on the show at this time of year. All right, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. We're going to be um, all phone calls the rest of the way. Um, so um, let's get let's get right at it. Um, let's go now. Let me uh, see where we were here in the queue. Let's go to the 786. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, my friend, how are you? Hey, what's up, everything? You must have liked that segment. 
I really did. I know you were. Uh, I know you were sitting there saying, "God dang it, I want to get on the show." And, and Gary's talking to Larry Blues. No. I know. I know you love that segment. Mm-hmm. That was right up your alley. Well, you know, no, no blue for a long time. He's a great man. He's helped a lot of kids. Not, not just all the kids that go to the glamour schools. It's the hundreds, probably thousands of kids, Gary, that he's helped go to the JUCOs, the NIs, the D2s, the D3s, uh, the the, uh, the Ivy League schools. Blue does an amazing job. and Just a phenomenal person here in South Florida. Doesn't get enough credit, uh, Gary. Really doesn't get enough credit. No doubt. We should, I, we think should get, I, I think he, I think he gets credit. I mean, who, who, is a, who is considered a better source on, on South Florida high school football Nobody. than Blue? Nobody, so he does get credit. But hey, what, what, what do you what do you have for us tonight? Well, you know, Gary, I um, I always like to admit when I'm wrong, you know. And I I, I know many times over the years we've we've had some very passionate, heated conversations, arguments, whatever you want to call them, on National Signing Day, on message boards. We, we've we've always gone after it based on the things that I've always told you will never change. So for this, for all this to have transpired in the last couple of weeks, um, I just want to let you know, you always said, if they buy into it, if they invest into it, if they really buckle down and make this a priority, this place can be special once again. And my friend, we're just getting started. They're, they're, we're just getting started. I think uh, the snowball effect is real. People that have the the influence in South Florida and throughout the country and have a, a love and a passion for this institution—that's real. It's tangible, and uh, we are—they we are all in. We're, we're back in the race. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I told you, hey, there was a study in SI about how much a, a program it takes to really run one of the top tier programs, and we have figures. We do figures out there, and, and, and that encompasses everything. Uh, what you pay a month for your for your stadium, what you you name it, it encompasses everything. It's nice to know that not only will we be up there, but we're probably going to set the bar even higher. Um, there's a couple of families that are involved here in South Florida who've done some great work in the past trying to help kids out as well. They're involved now. It's just like when you look at the entire picture from afar. You see so many people that have a true vested interest, but they're willing to back it up with their money. So for me, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm still in shock at times. And I, I share this with a lot of people on social media. I'm still in shock that this, this is all actually transpired. But, Gary, I got to give you credit, my friend. You always said this was possible and realistic. 100%. I, there was no doubt in my mind. They They had to find the will, you know, and – uh, they found the will with Mario, and then they went out and, and targeted the number what I who I think is the number one athletic director in the country. I mean, this guy is a total stud. I've known him for forty years, uh, and you know they went out and got him. I mean, nothing but credit to the president's office, you know. Yeah, uh, nothing but credit to them and and all the big names that give all the big money. I mean, insane. Uh, this is kind of a weird. Uh, <laughs> Free sign nice, I guess. I mean, I've, I've never – I think the early signing period has been around now for, what, eight, seven years, eight years, six years? I don't think uh, it's that but long. It's never but, been so but, quiet. but it's bizarre <laughs> the way this is going this year. Bizarre, bizarre to say the least, Gary. It's never been this quiet. 
but but I think that the reason why most of us that have are, are well versed in, in the the game itself and everything that encompasses it, I think the reason why we're all pretty relaxed is we, we know we have the right guy at the wheel. We know that we finally have the alpha. You know, we finally have that person, that it person. And I, I'm not worried about who we're going to hire as coaches, as assistants, as who we're going to sign, whether it's transfer, primary portal kids. I don't know, and I really don't care. I just know that the guy we have at the helm and the guy that oversees him, we're on the right track, Gary. We're on the right track. And I really hope, I really hope, and I've seen this on social media the last couple of days, can we just let people do their job? Stop with all the negativity. Stop with all the questioning. Stop with all – let the guy do his job. He's got a great staff already. He's going to figure out who he needs to keep, who he needs to go ahead and send send uh, send away. He's going to make all those tough decisions. What, you know, what freshman, what retro freshman doesn't look like they're going to be able to pan out here. He's going to make all those choices and decisions. And we're, we're in great hands. But we have to let this guy do his job. Yeah, this and, is different. And, 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 you know, I said earlier, I hope I don't sound hypocritical saying it. Like, this isn't Manny Diaz walking into the head coach's office. Um, you know, this isn't um, this isn't the same. This, is, this isn't Al Golden walking in there. Um, you know, even Randy. I mean, like, th- th- this is different, okay? This is a much more accomplished, seasoned guy who you know has the foundation to get this done. Like, you know, he may or may not succeed you know, he'll succeed or fail on his own merits and and how things go for him but like you know you gotta like you know give him an environment where you know he can thrive here and um the fan base can be a you know a big part of it and and the effort and the energy needs to be directed towards positivity it needs to be directed towards the kids that are actually you know risking their physical and mental well-being day in and day out here. That's where the positive needs to be. It requires us to go ahead and, as a fan base, okay, let's go ahead now buy season tickets. I went ahead and got four season tickets last And you know, Gary, I'm retired. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm on a fixed budget. But, hey, I can work a, a, my 401K a little bit here, and I can do a little bit there with a 403B, and I can, I can move around a little bit. You know, I have a couple of IRAs I can figure out what to do because, you know, while I'm here on this earth, I want to go ahead and enjoy what, what what my passion is about to do and to be a part of it. So whether you're up in the club, where you're in the club level, whether you're up in the rafters, wherever you're at, go get season tickets. Now's the time to go ahead and get off your ass and truly support this program and invest because the return on investment, I promise people, the return on investment, the ROI, is going to be huge. Uh, I wanted to touch last thing, Gary, the stadium stuff. I got to tell you, I, I, I was very fortunate to be around at some very big games. I was able to be there the night that uh, we upset Nebraska, okay? I've been a part of a lot of it as a spectator, okay? I got to tell you, the energy that I had that we all uh, – First-hand witness and experience that night against Notre Dame was beyond electric. That thing was rocking. Yeah, I didn't that problem with hard rock that night. No, and even I'll go back to the game we lost that we jumped out early on Florida State. That thing was that thing was it was it was more than 
you know, more than just a good game. The energy there can really, can really jump off in a second. Uh, the comeback game that we had against Florida State when Pitney makes, makes that interception. I go on, there's been opportunities, and we've, we've witnessed a little bit here and there, but that night against Notre Dame, when you're up there and you're competing for an actual national championship, it's different. And you get a chance now for six, seven home games a year to experience it. So we've got to go ahead and support this program. Now is the time to go ahead and get your tickets. Now is the time to get involved. Now is the time because you're going to, go, you're going to regret a year from now when the prices go, go up again, and now it's hard to be a part of it. So go ahead and invest now. Yeah, you know, I hope Miami doesn't in. do that, though, everything. I, I, you know, I know that they're spending money and all that, and they're going to want to recoup their investment and all that. But let the stadium get full first. Like, don't get the 50000 and fill the damn stadium first before you start doing something like that. I totally, totally agree with you. But we, we, don't, we all know how this university works. <laughs> even, even when we're making great strides, we still have to go ahead and, and improve in other areas. Gary, I really appreciate your time. I really want to thank you for doing Kane uh, Sport live in the mornings. I mean, good morning, Kane Sport. That's been a great uh, 20 minutes every day and watching you and Matt Bicker and, 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 and just take a nice, polite jab at each other. It's very entertaining. But the content that you continue to give us, uh, the effort that you provide us, I really appreciate it, Gary. Thanks for doing a great job. and. And, uh, you know, hopefully in a couple of, I guess we play on the 30th, right? So hopefully on the 31st, 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 okay, hopefully we can go out there. And and one last thing, I promise this is it. I really, really hope this coaching staff that is out there right now, I know they're they're in finals right now, but the kids are running and lifting. But, you know, I, I really wish all those staff members and their families just, Whatever happens and transpires in the next couple of weeks, I just wish them all the best. Got to thank people like like Jess Simpson and T. Rob and just guys that have you know even even and I'll go back and even say it out loud. Or Mike Rump. I mean, people that have put in a lot of time and effort. It doesn't always work out. That's the nature of the beast. It's a rough profession, but they're still human beings at the end of the day. And I just wish all of them and their families the very best. Gary, Gary, thank you so much for your time. Be well. And as always, go Kings. All right, everything. Thank you as always for uh, for being part of the show. Um, five six three nine 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 three five five zero five six three nine 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 three five five zero. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Uh, let's go to the eight five zero. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, how you doing, Gary? Doing great, uh, Travis. Yeah, yeah, it's Travis up here in town. Man, I'm getting I'm getting pretty good at this, recognizing voices and phone numbers. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm thoroughly impressed with that, actually. Yeah, that's pretty good, yeah. man. You, you got a good memory, good memory. So, so what's up, man? What you got for us? You know, uh, I'm I'm going to piggyback off of the very last thing that everything just said there. Hey, thank you to all the coaches for sucking at your job so bad. <laughs> that we got everything we wanted down here in Miami. We got the number one AD, like you were saying. Most of us got the coach that we wanted. Like you said, he's going to be here until, you know, he retires. That, I'm all for that. Let's do this. Let's get that rolling. 
Yeah, it's time. <laughs> it's time. It's time to stop changing coaches every three years. This guy has the foundation to be successful, and he's, he's spent the last twenty years learning and studying what it takes. And um, you know, hopefully, it comes together for him. I, I, I don't think it's going to be overnight. I think the roster needs a lot of work, but I know he'll be attacking it every second of every day. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the I one thing. Today. You saw him at, uh, at about the, that guy's dedication. They had, yeah, they had the uh, the Dan Radakovich press conference today, and you know Mario's walking around with a notebook in his hand and uh, just mm-hmm. a, you know constantly making lists and things that he wants to get done, and just keeps attacking them a hundred miles an hour every day. Yeah, yeah, the, the guy's incredible. I, I, I wish yeah. I had a third of his work ethic. I would be a lot farther along in my life. <laughs> yep. For he sure. does, man. He's got he's uh, got better work ethic than any human being I've ever seen in in my life. I'll tell you that. I I agree. I agree. Uh, piggyback off of something that you said earlier. If, if the the littles are listening, you might not want to do that plan that Gary laid out there to to Bluestein about coming back in a couple of years, because the way our boy Mario recruits, you might not have a spot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That that's going to be the difference. Mario you, some likes of these them, players though. might I mean, think Mario- that. Mario likes it. Well, that's a little cool, now. but if he crushes it in recruiting in the next couple of years, like we think. You know, there might not be any spots for a little comeback. Then, then, then where are you going? FIU, FAU. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, I mean, maybe just think about that, Mister Legacy. But you know, anyways. So, I just wanted to go on to something about the the stadium, right? I know you're probably sick of hearing it because recruiting, whatever, we pretty much know what's going to happen tomorrow. It kind of kind of sucks that we don't get to hear about Coleman and Moss, you know, until the uh, whatever the AA game or whatever. Um, but here's here, here's my point: stadium, that's cool. Like everybody said, you know, if you build it, that's great. If you can figure out how to do it, wherever you do it, great. You know, whatever. We also have the Hard Rock. We'll we'll, we'll live with that. No problem. State of the art stadium. Maybe you should listen to what Mario said in the press conference. And this is an arms race. And Miami's been eh, kind of losing it for the last couple of years. We've started to catch back up, but that's just a start. Maybe mm. instead of building the stadium, Mr. Ruiz, or Ruiz, I, I don't know how to properly pronounce his name, maybe just take $100 million and dump it into the, in, into the school, you know, like into the well, athletic department, like uh, – the heck I mean, center, the, the wellness center, like happening. the things that Shodell was talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's get that cranking, you know, state-of-the-art gyms, you know, the, the locker room upgrade that's been talked about for the last decade. Let's get all that done, and then uh, maybe focus on the stadium that you're talking about. Yeah. I, I think I, some I of that's to, already happening. Oh, well, that – you know that that's great to hear because I mean, that's it might not be what we Ruiz. need to do. We need to support Mario with everything. You know, not yeah, just it might not fan be all, all all Ruiz, but I agree with you. I don't. I I'm not in the camp that were, who thinks that a stadium is the number one priority. They got a lot of priorities on campus before they start worrying about a stadium up the street. In my opinion. Right. Right. You now it doesn't like mean they can't walk and say multiple at the times. Same time. the heck needs to be gutted. Oh yeah, that's gonna happen. They're gonna gut the heck. They are definitely going to okay. get to heck and build a bigger, uh, um, a bigger athletic facility. I don't know what the hell they're going to do while it's being done, but they may have to do it like in stages or something. But uh, that that will happen. That that that, heck, that, yep. that that the front of the heck is 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 going to get replaced. There's no doubt about it. The, 
you know, that, that leads up to the Schwartz. It'll 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 definitely get gutted and replaced. And uh, which one, which one of our guys owns Camping World? Oh, what's that Moss? guy's name? It, no, it's it might be Lamona. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember if Lamona owns Camping World. It, 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 oh man, I I get. Let me see. Um, but anyway, so go ahead. What's your question? I'm gonna try to figure that out. I I get them all mixed up. Well, I, I just got an idea for him. Maybe you could pass it along. Yeah, he owns Camping World. Yes, he does. Lamona's does. Okay, own so Camping the Lamona's guys. All right, Lamona's yeah. man. Um, can we get a uh, $500,000 a year from you towards the team just for offensive line? And if you're a starter on our offensive line, you get $100,000. Let's, <laughs> let's buy and pay for the best offensive line with the two best offensive line coaches in the country. Let's, let's Don't kid do yourself. That, you know, I mean, it's gonna, that, that stuff's going to happen. The, Miami is going to have that's, a top-shelf NIL program. Huh? Yeah. That's it what will. We need it, to happen. It, that's, that's no, it's going to happen. Not, it is. It is going to happen. What's the guy with American Top Team he was talking about? He wants to get businesses. There's an idea right there. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, well, let's, let's he's one. I think you're going to see these other guys get involved, and you're going to see Miami be one of the better NIL schools in the country, in my in my opinion. We'll see. See awesome. if they can pull that, it off. Well, that's, I, think they, I think they have the will on that, too. Yeah, I'm really impressed with everything. The president, the, all the boosters that stepped up. Hey, Epstein, I'm never going to forget you, though, man. Never going to forget you. And uh, that's all I got to say. Thanks, Gary. Um, all right, man. Thank you for being part of the show, Travis. 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 504. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, what's up, man? How you doing? It's rolling, man. What's up, Roland? How you doing this week? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. It's just so good, man, to see all the changes with the AD and coaches. Uh, just a hell of a feeling, man, just to see the the, the whole program just going in a positive direction. And it's not something that's going to happen overnight, but just to see um, that big change, um, it, it feels different. You know what I'm saying? It feels different. Yeah. You can tell that um, – some go, you know, some's gonna be huge from this uh, entire uh, ordeal with a new, you know, new coach, uh, new staff, um, and, uh, and, and in a stadium deal like you, like you were, you were talking about. And I believe, that, I believe that's gonna that's gonna happen too. But um, first and foremost, you know, getting those assistant coaches and getting the, the best assistant coaches uh, you possibly can. And I, I had two. Two coaches, and what's your thoughts? Um, one um, is Ryan Nielsen, D-line coach uh, from the Saints as a D.C. And uh, what's your thoughts on um, Ken Dorsey? Is he going to stay in the NFL, or do you think he would uh, possibly come back to the University of Miami? In, in the All right, the first, the, uh, the first uh, one I don't know anything about. Um, okay. My opinion on Ken Dorsey is that Mario needs to think bigger than that. Um, I like Ken Dorsey. Nice nice kid. Played at Miami, obviously, the whole thing. He's been a quarterback's coach in the NFL. Hasn't been an offensive coordinator. Hasn't been in the fire as the guy that has to dial up the big plays. And, um, you know, Mario has an unlimited budget. Um, I shoot for the moon. I go after the best freaking dudes in, in the game. And um, I don't take a chance 
I don't. I, I it's I, you know this program shouldn't be a lab experiment anymore. I I no, I, I want yeah, no, I, I want a proven dude that's that. done it under fire okay. at, the highest, le- at the highest level, huh? Ryan, uh, Ryan Nielsen, the D line coach for the Saints. Yeah, I don't know much about him. I can't really comment on him. Um, okay. but okay. you know, a guy okay. whose name I'm hearing for the OC job is a, is a Kendall Bryles is one. Um, you know, is Who's he good enough? I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't really like. Obviously, I've heard of him. What'd you say? You don't yeah, like no, him from Miami? What's your thoughts? I don't know. Uh, like I said, I've heard of him. I saw. Mm. I mean, I, I wasn't mm. overly blown away by what he did nah, at Florida State. No. no um, now, no, now no. he's at Arkansas. He I, did okay. I well, like I, if Mar, do you think this should go in? You know, look at looking at uh, uh, position coaches in the uh, in the in the, in the uh, NFL. I would look at everything everywhere. Like, you know, I, like uh, to me, it's like I want dudes, man. Like, I, it, you know, I, I, I would like to see Mario take it. If you don't build an elite staff, and I think he will, but if you don't do that, what's the point of having all the money? Like, you don't need all the money to just hire normal coaches. You need the best damn coaches, the best recruiters. If he can put that together here, this program's going to win. You know, he can't do it all It's going to be through the roof. But it's going to be through the roof. And he's got the budget. Miami's finally willing to invest in these people. Go get the best and guys the, is what the, I would the say. The biggest intangible that Cristobal brings to Miami, and I think you can, you can attest to this, and I, I, I hate to use his language, but it is what it is. He, Cristobal is going to bring – he's going to be a dog-ass coach. And, he, and these players, all that soft shit, all that you know, poor tackling, that shit is going to be eradicated. All the extra, you know, the, the, the chain and um, you know, fuck all that shit. It's all about Miami. Mm-hmm. We, we, even when you go back to, you know, the Ro- Rohan Marley, you got kids, man, that's hungry. You want, you want, you want the hungry. Fuck that five star shit. I know that sounds good and all, but you want that hungry. You want that dog ass, a uh, uh, corner, a uh, linebacker, a kid that pure purely wants to be at the University of Miami. You know what I'm saying? Versus, you know, I know the star stuff, all that, you know, that's that's all sounds good and all, but I'd rather have a kid that's, that's, he may be, you know, he may not be a super top tier, but he can develop. And that's, I think that's been the problem that these, the guys that we have coming in, I mean, shit, they got to come in and play as, as, Coming as a freshman, they can't redshirt. They got you know, like 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 Linda Taylor. Linda, I wish Linda Taylor would have could have redshirted this year. You know what I'm saying? Instead of having to, you know, play. But um, we we just we we got to get back to just that 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 killer instinct on defense, on just being nasty. And I that's mm-hmm. what Crystal Ball I believe will bring in. And I don't think you, Miami has had that since. Bush Davis days. Yep. No argument. All right, man, you got anything else for us tonight? No, that's it, man. Just keep me on. All right. Thanks for being part of the show. Talk to you next time. Uh, let's go to the 305. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, what's up, man? How you doing? Doing great. Who's this? This is Cali6Kane from the hey, message up, boards. Man? Welcome hey, to the show. Um, I, I'm from 
Thank you very much. Hey, uh, before, before you start talking, let me give some breaking news here. Um, we've just gotten uh, word that, that uh, Landon Ibietta, the uh, the wide receiver that has been committed for so long, he's going to flip away from Miami. Not a surprise. Um, wouldn't be anything I'd get too crazy about, quite frankly. But he is going to sign with LSU tomorrow morning. So um, good luck to Landon Ibietta. Uh, that was always his dream to go to LSU. They did finally offer with the new coach, and he'll be headed there. Um, anyway, go ahead. I, I was about to announce that as well. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, I was going to ask you about uh, some transfer candidates that uh, Canes fans know very well. Um, one of them is Frank Ladson, wide receiver, and the other one is the defensive end from Florida. Uh, and you know who I'm talking about. I Chris Bogle? Off the top of my head. Chris Bogle? Correct, yes. I, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I haven't uh, spoken, obviously, to either one of them. Um, I, I think Ladson would find a pretty crowded young group of receivers here. Uh, I would probably counsel him to go somewhere else. I mean, he couldn't really get it done at Clemson. But uh, there are some good receivers in this program, and, and I don't know that he would find an easier path here necessarily. Um you know, in terms of Bogle, uh, I have absolutely no idea what he's thinking. So I can't, Got I you. can't really, I can't really comment on that. I'm not surprised Got that he you. didn't make it at Florida, though. To be honest with you, I mean, I liked him coming out of high school. I wasn't blown away. I, I, I didn't, I didn't think that it was the greatest loss in the world or anything. You know, he was a skinny kid. You know, he, he, he was a decent pass rusher in high school, but. Um, I never considered him like a must-get kind of recruit. You know, I'm not surprised at all that he's in the portal now a few years later. Gotcha. That's all I got to say, man. I'm very happy with everything that's going on. Happy to be on the show. Thanks again, Gary. All right, man. Uh, talk to you next time. 563-999-3550. 563-999-3550. Hit the one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, we're going now to the 973. You're live on Kate Sport Live. Gary. Gary, Gary. What's up, Ross? What's going on, man? Doing good, doing good. Hey, Talk to um, us. What you got? Got, got a question. Who, um, who released that false report with the whole NIL thing? I don't know. Um, that was going around. I don't know. Why was it able to get to like? Why did it get that far up to ES? Where it got to ESPN? I don't know. I can't can't explain it. Do not know. You know, they goofed us in with BYU, and then it's almost like whatever it is, it, it takes whatever should be done, they'll do whatever they, you need to do to try to sabotage things. I'm pretty sure they haven't even contacted Miami about about it or asked any questions about it. So I I don't know. It just kind of threw me off, you know, because why now? Why everybody well, else is succeeding? Yeah, I don't know, but I—I I mean, I've got some pretty—I got pretty, uh, pretty in-depth uh, knowledge on that NIL deal, and um, you know, I, I think that they're going to have a hard, hard time proving that. I, I think that Dan Lambert did what he was supposed to do in setting that program up, and. Um, has it been executed perfectly, perfectly by the let, you know, maybe not, but it's the first year of NIL. 
And I'm not sure anybody's organized to the degree that they need to be in some of these NIL things. And, uh, you know, I, I think that they can voice some concerns and tell Miami, listen, if you're going to have these kind of deals uh, coming in, you guys need to do a little bit better job of making sure your players are doing what they're supposed to do by the contracts. But I can tell you without question that all those contracts that were signed were very well written contracts and, and were executed properly. And, um, you know, from there, if there was a breakdown in the execution, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised. And maybe that's something that they should look at and improve, obviously. Um, but I don't see it as where it's an NCAA issue. Like, you know, unless the NCAA is trying to set a tone to tell schools, listen, you got to do this, that's fine. But if you're looking to punish Miami in year one of NIL because maybe everything didn't go perfect, uh, no, that's ridiculous. That, that, that would be pretty ridiculous. Yeah, well, I, I I agree with that, but you know, it's, too, it's just a matter of like, uh, to me, you know, you're trying to use us as the, you know, the one that you want to put the pressure on now. And I look at it as this, you know, they realize things are about to really, really turn around, and um, I think a lot of people are getting scared. But anyway, let's talk about some of these possible happenings for tomorrow. And, um, you know, um, the embarrassment of, <laughs> you know, numbers that we've left with, with, with Manny and um, everybody else, it's their lack of vision to order to help, you know, bring in the proper kids and the right kids. Um, tomorrow is not the <laughs> is not the end at all or the ceiling, man. It's, actually, I don't even mind the numbers because now I look step. at the opportunity. Mm-hmm. I just look at the opportunity. Um, it's something that's going to get him even more angrier and very upset and even more driven. So, you know, I just think that's going to drive. The only thing I'm a little concerned about is what you guys was talking about earlier with the coordinators. I, I, you know what? I want him to take his time. We have to get it right now. Um, have someone that's going to be around for four or five years, probably three, four or five years. But every time we get one, we need to get the right one, and it's just a, a wheel. A Ferris wheel is keep turning over, and the next person that comes in is coming into a good situation, and that's why he needs to get it right now. Um, where do you see him kind of make – here's my thing about this whole recruiting thing and the class and guys coming in. Um, he's an offensive line coach, and we were always able to get wide receivers. We were always get running backs and wide receivers back. I want to start making some some marks on the offensive defensive line. Period. If tomorrow comes and I get some JUCO kids or some guys out of nowhere, and majority of those seven guys are on the defensive and offensive line, I'm good, mm-hmm. and we should be we should be good with that because it's a foundation that he's going to set that's going to put notice to people. No, no longer guys are going to be in no disrespect. I hope family members not listening. I'm just being real. At one point when um, Donaldson came in 55, he was a certain weight, and he's graduating. I know he got injured, but still, he's graduating at, a, at almost that same weight, almost maybe 20 pounds lighter than he was when he first came. He never got in shape. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that we need to see change. Those are the things that must change, and I think it's going to change because of him. We just got what you call some 
No, it, it, in coaches' forms, some adults in the room. We just got some adults in the room, okay? And, and, and now we have some adults being an AD. No disrespect, but we're just keeping it real. And ain't no slang or, or chain or foolishness that's going to change that. It's, it's no turnkey. You probably have never heard me being this serious. It's not a turnkey situation. It's the beginning. I'm not mad with the class tomorrow. I look at it as an opportunity, Gary. An opportunity, man. Okay? Mm-hmm. An opportunity for everybody to really, really get hungry and, and, and push and, and work out behind them because it's obvious they don't want us winning and they're not going to have a choice soon. They're not going to have a choice. All right? So, um, guys, let's just get on board. Salute to D Black. We was tweeting today. And let's go, man. Um, let's, let's, uh, keep me on hold. And, All right, Ross. Let's go. All right. Thank you, as always, for being part of the show. Um, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. A programming note for everybody, our next Kane Sport Live will be December 28th, the week of the bowl game. That's uh, two weeks from tonight. Uh, we will be skipping next Tuesday night, um, Christmas week. Uh, I think people got other things going on. Uh, but we will um, we'll be back December 28th uh, to talk more about what's going on and um, obviously, the the bowl game as well. Let's go to 305. You're live on Kane's Four Live. Yeah, a lot. 305, you with us? Going once, twice. You sound a little distracted there. I'll try to come back to you in a minute. Uh, let's go to the 347. You're live on Kane's Four Live. Hey, Gary, how you doing, man? This is Kwame. One. Hello? Yeah. You said Juan, right? Hey. Yeah, no, this is Kwame. How are you? Oh, Kwame. Hey, what's up, man? How are you? Talk to us. What I, you got? I, question for you. I'm not sure if you guys went over this or not, but uh, if you could maybe uh, inform me about what you're hearing on uh, position coaches. I know the coordinators are still sort of being determined, and usually coordinators like to bring their own guys. So, you know, I'm not sure what – the yeah, give us currently. Give, give us a couple days on that. I mean, I yeah, I don't want to just start throwing you know BS out. I mean, uh, the the stuff that seems kind of set on stone is Aaron Feld is the strength coach. I've heard T Rob has a chance to stick as safeties coach. Um, I'm expecting Rod Chance to come from Oregon and be the cornerbacks coach, but that's very early in in the game. Um, the wide receivers coach from Oregon, Brian McClendon, I think is going to come. Uh, I think that Steve Field will stay on the staff in some role, whether it'll be as remain as tight ends coach or whether he goes in, inside and and heads up the recruiting effort. You know, I think still remains to be determined. Uh, so there's a lot going on. There's you know, there's Mario's been recruiting and doing calls on the side and things like that. Um, it's it's hard to really pin down where this is going. I know he spoke to Joe Brady, spoke to Kendall Bryles. Brady's preference is to stay in the NFL. He doesn't really love recruiting. I don't know that he's a great fit with Mario. That. I remember that. Yeah, I'm not sure he would be a great fit with uh, with Mario. So, um, yeah, it, it's really, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's a little more to it than what I just said, but um, we just haven't really put a ton of time into that yet we will do that starting thursday fair um i don't I, i've been hearing you know this 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 new um iteration of these twitter spaces is so 
innovative and interesting to sort of listen to and pop in and pop out when you want to. But it seems like the, uh, the fan base out there is at risk averse to having coordinators who will only be one or two year rentals uh, before they move on to their next thing, which is usually a head coaching gig. Um, and I think folks should not be that risk averse to having great coaches that want to come in here and then get head coaching jobs. It only increases the, the want to for other really quality, good coordinators and position coaches to come here. So I would love a guy like Will Muschamp on a one or two year rental because mm-hmm. I know he can do two things. I know he can scheme a defense and he can recruit his ASS off. What are your thoughts on Will Muschamp? Uh, I don't yeah, know. If I mean, that channel the calls have been made, but I, I mean, know that's people an experienced have talked about guy. A lot, but I mean, he's he's an experienced guy. He's done it. He's been a head coach. He's recruited. He knows people in Florida. I I don't know that I I can't see a whole lot of problems there. I don't you know he'd have to interview against what other candidates Mario puts out there, but uh, you know he's a respected guy. I I like him a lot. I think you kind of want you know future head coaches in those coordinator positions. Yeah, by I the way, think, a, name, a name I forgot to say is uh, Alex Mirabal is offensive line coach. That's obviously definite. Yeah, yeah, he's he's one of the best in the business. I, although <laughs> I didn't realize looking at some of his pictures, I thought they were joking. I didn't realize he was only like 5'2". <laughs> I, don't I, know think five, he I think he's 5'5". 5'5". Yeah, don't, you very, don't want to take those, don't take those extra. Yeah, it's it's, it's, not it's, a, it's not prototypical, <laughs> but it's fun to watch, man. He gets not, not at all, but he's he's an excellent recruiter as well, man. Just looking at some of the boards that and guys that he was able to land, um, uh, he's just an excellent, excellent, excellent recruiter. You know, I want to I want to staff a killing, Gary. You know, I see what Napier is doing up in Jordanville and in, in Gainesville. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, Corey Raymond being in Florida now, I want to see how he does outside of the Louisiana confines, but that's a big get. Yep. That's a big get. So I, I that like, was a good I like that him. idea. I like that idea of having Rod Chance and T-Rob, you know, recruiting DBs together. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I read your piece on Cyrus Moss. Uh, he's announcing Friday, you say? Uh, I be- I believe so. Yeah, um, I have not been. I th- we're supposed to be getting an update on that here. Let me see um, if that's happened while we've been sitting here doing the show. Um, but yeah, um, we 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 actually just posted an update on it. Matt just spoke to him. Um, let's see. Um, Chris Ball put a lot of effort into him during the. Um, during the visit, um, he, 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 it looks like um, he is going to uh, sign on Friday, and he's going to have to talk it over with his family. And it sounds like there's a there's a chance. That would be. Oh, wow. It, it looks he's like gonna sign, he's going to sign privately Friday, and then not announce until January eighth. Jesus. So him and Coleman uh, are announcing. At the at the All American game then right yeah good luck good good luck on that but we'll see 
he, he's going to try to keep that silent for a month. All right, we'll see. We'll see how it works. Yeah, yeah I don't. Yeah, I mean, the reporters are, are are too good at what they do. Yeah, and and if he signs with anybody on Friday, the crystal balls and all of that will come rolling in. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how um, that goes. But yeah, so but that's so, the update on him. Uh, so I guess my final sort of takeaway before I hop off is. <clears throat> I guess you're sort of seeing like a, a slow – you're going to get some guys that you, I think, you know, we might get tomorrow like a Nigel Lee Kelly. And then over the course of the next several weeks, you're going to, I guess you'll see a, like a, a trickle effect where you'll have to wait until January for like guys like Coleman and, and Moss. And then you know, like this, this new offensive tackle that they offered out in Washington State, I think – a six six kid that's like a five star. Yeah. Yep. Um he's not signing until February. Shamar's not signing until February. So No. You know, I, I we could be looking at like when it's all said and done. And it, and this is not even counting like the transfers. So I'm yeah, I'm it, kind it, of excited. This could take on a whole new look by February and could end up being pretty decent, no doubt. Yeah. When you when you take a step back and look at it like Yeah. No we, doubt we about could it. End up you, are you thinking maybe, given where we're at now, are you thinking maybe top 20 finish? I, I don't want to put a ranking on it. There's no place right now in the ranking. <laughs> like, who the hell knows? I mean, right now, right now it's no place. Like, I wouldn't even worry about the ranking this year. All right, Gary. Because, well, you know, a lot time. of the class is going gonna, is gonna to end up being transfers that don't even count in those rankings. So... You know, yeah, we'll see. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah. Honestly, I wouldn't. Don't worry about where Miami is in the team ranking this year. It doesn't matter. I'm worried about how many blue chips they they bring in. That blue chip ratio is measurable, and so uh, I would like to see a lot more blue chips versus projects. I, I respect mm-hmm. everybody's evals, but I like the direction uh, that I haven't seen in a long time, and like where you have a visit weekend. Where it was all blue chips, very little projects You'll see walking it. around the heck. You'll see it. Give it time. It, mo- it may not. It won't be obviously this year, but it will be next year, I think. For sure, man. Thanks, guys. All right, man. Have a good show. You got it. We'll, t- we'll talk to you next time. All right, let's try the uh, three hundred five once more. Let's see if he's done arguing with his wife. You're live on Kane's We're live. I ain't gonna get you on contact. I ain't gonna get you. Three hundred five. You with us? All right, dude. Um, you're gonna have to. It sounds like you're busy at work. You're gonna have to do it another night. Uh, let's go to the two three nine. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Jerry, how are you? Doing great. Who's this? Uh, this is Adam in Atlanta. Um, Hello, Adam, what you got for us tonight? Hey, man. Um, I, I have to say, uh, when last time I called, which was, I guess, two weeks ago, feels like three years ago. Um, but it was uh, Mario hadn't announced yet. It was it was the Tuesday of you know he would be announced the Monday following, so six days before. And I asked you what the schedule was. And you're like, yeah, I think you know by Friday Saturday this thing's going to be wrapped up. Um, it was like the hardest weekend of everyone's lives. Like, what is going on? <laughs> um, I think it was hardest weekend anyway. of his life too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I respect the guy for that. Um, and that's actually part of what my first kind of question is about. 
Um, I had never really bought into the whole concept that the media is out against Miami. Like, like really, like who cares about one school that hasn't been relevant in 20 years, right? Like there's 130, uh, you know, di- Division One programs out there and, and who knows how many Division II project, uh, programs, like who cares? But I'm not going to lie. Um, I actually might be seeing, you know, some, sh- some shades of doubt come in because of what I saw after the way this was quote unquote handled with Manny being, you know, uh, being retained for three, four days longer than people think he should have. And Marta being announced on Monday, you know, now the narrative is that it was a mess from the very beginning and Miami, uh, is, is just this ruthless, horrible institution full of terrible people that don't care about their employees. And, and it was just terrible the way that we treated Manny, you know, this, this sweet little old man, uh, you know, who, who coached us to two and four before finally going seven and five in his third year, including losses to any teams that really had a, had a pulse, to be honest with you. And it was just like, man, it. it I, I think the, the, the media hadn't had to to hate on Miami a little bit, and so I had sort of been lulled into the position of, man, there probably wasn't anything there. There might be something there, man. Um, nah. Here's, here's what, the deal. What did you think about okay. that? Here's the deal. This was a targeted hire. Okay, this wasn't oh, yeah, like this. Wait, 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 let, let me let me finish. Um, this wasn't like, oh, geez, we're going to go on a coaching search. We're getting rid of Manny no matter what. It wasn't that at all. It was like, look, we, we need to try to do better than Manny. We're not going to go on a, on a major search. He did do well the second half of the season. Uh, but if we can get the guy that we think takes us to a much higher level, we are going to move on that guy. And they were able to do it. Period. Now, you know, if they hadn't gotten Mario, and it was in question until the very last minute, very honestly, I mean, I put, you know, I was asked to put a percentage on it on the on Kingsport.com, and you know, I was saying eighty percent and all that, and I really felt strongly about it. Um, but I'll tell you, based on information that I was getting, I went back to fifty-five the day before that hire got consummated, and. Um, you know, it was not a guarantee until the very minute that he took the job. And had he not taken the job, Manny Diaz would be the football coach today. So you could look at that two ways. Did they do Manny wrong or did they give Manny a chance that if they couldn't get this one guy that they were going to let him stay? So um, I don't know, man. It's like, you know, ideally it would have played out a little differently, but Listen, Manny's going to get millions of dollars. He just got the defensive coordinator job at Penn State. He's fine. Manny Diaz is okay. No, and it's just funny to me, and I I don't disagree with anything that you just said. It's funny to me because it does feel like if it were were Florida um, or, you know, no one's bashing LSU. No one's bashing Notre Dame. No one's bashing USC for never reaching out to Oklahoma about Lincoln Riley, right? Just they're, they're not. But for some reason, they should be – I mean, honestly, the narrative should be Miami has, has decided and willed itself back into the college football conversation to the tune yep. of $8 million per year to Mario Cristobal to the tune of $8-plus million per year for, for um, assistant coaches and coordinators and to the tune of a major commitment of reinvestment and investment into facilities – and to the tune of getting one of the best athletic directors in the entire country 
by paying more than anybody else is getting paid. That's what the narrative should be. Miami is trying to get back definitively, not hoping it happens, but putting the pieces in place for it to happen. Instead, the media narrative is poor Manny Diaz. You know, they treated him so terribly. Miami took all this money away from the poor, sick, and dying people from COVID at, at, at UHealth and from the faculty that haven't gotten raises since Reagan was president, and, you know, shame on them. And it's like, it's, it, it, it struck me for the first time, and I was like, you know what, there may actually be some bias here. Anyways, it just, it just sort of stuck, stood out to me. I never really bought into it in the 20-plus years, 25-plus years I've been following the program closely since I was a kid. So, anyway, I just wanted to make, make that, that comment. One of the comments you made earlier was about NIL. And that Cameron Williams, I think it's Cameron Williams, forgive me if I'm wrong about that, but he's the offensive lineman in Texas who's coming to Oregon, who people really thought, myself included, there was a good chance he could come and follow Mario to Miami. And he announced for Texas with, in my opinion, a a dead man walking Steve Sarkeesian at head coach. Um, And people are alleging it's because of the $50,000 or $150,000 or something NIL deal that all the kids get over there. First of all, do you buy into that? And then secondarily, can you expand on what you think we're going to do on the NIL? You seem to feel pretty confident that we're going to be at the forefront of this thing. Uh, I think you're going to see the guys that were behind going out and getting Mario also rally behind an NIL program. And, you know, when you talk about, like, the Moss brothers and some of these other um, Latin business leaders, they've got a huge network. Uh and I think that they'll put together a, a network of companies and corporations that will participate in NIL at Miami and and do deals with players. And uh, I think that the prototype is going to end up being this year with Tyler Van Dyke. I think that they will put together a really good NIL deal for Tyler Van Dyke to show young high school will come to Miami and you achieve at a high level, you are going to get a big NIL deal. And, um, you know, they did it at Oregon this year with uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, who had a few different really good NIL deals and, and made a lot of money. And I'm expecting it to happen here with Tyler Van Dyke this year. So what about the, the concept of doing a less targeted NIL deal where it's just blanket for an entire position group or an entire side of the ball, offense or defense or something like it sounds like Texas is doing, which is allegedly how they got that Cameron Williams guy to commit to them. What do you think about something like that? Yeah, I, I would think that we'll see some of that also. I think you'll see Dan Lambert come back and do the whole team again, you know, like he did this past year. And, um, you know, they may have to uh, execute it a little differently. We'll see. But, um, you know, I think you'll see that. And you'll see a, okay. you know, a bunch of different ideas put into execution. Did you see the article, flipping the recruiting for a moment, did you see, which I guess this is, this is all tied into, right? But um, did you see the article that someone posted? Um, I, I don't know if it was the Herald or Sun Sentinel or some beat writer or, you know, Michael Ruiz, you know, the, the, the new Oracle of Miami, as he calls himself or whatever. Um, but, about the 11 college coaches or high school coaches in South Florida that anonymously gave their opinion of Miami recruiting. Did you see this? It was today. Uh, No, I did not see that. Okay. Well, uh, I'll try to post the link to it on the, on the message board, but turning to the punchline, one of the things that they said um, that Miami can do better with, and I thought it was really telling because it was a brutal truth, but I want your opinion on it is the concept that these kids are high school kids. 
you really start recruiting them if you're a major player, if you're UGA or if you're Bama, if you're, you know, Texas, OU, whatever. If you're one of these big, big schools, which hopefully we're going to be again when it comes to recruiting. I think we are already with Mario in the building. But these guys recruit 16-year-olds, and they show their facilities to them. They flash the, the, the sex appeal of, you know, I guess at Clemson it's the slide, and at Bama it's the waterfall, grotto, cave, Hugh Hefner pool, you know, thing with the steam bath or whatever and all this stuff. And this coach, this, this, this high school coach in South Florida, who I guess has blue chippers, anonymously said he thinks that's a major area of deficiency and that it honestly sways kids. And I always thought it was sort of icing on the cake but the thing that mattered the most was getting kids developed into the NFL for most kids. Do you think that this facilities thing is a real thing, or do you think it's being overblown? I think with some kids it's a real thing. I think with, I, I think in, with others it's overblown. Really? So there's kids out there that are making four-year college decisions and career potential career decisions based on where the best training table is or where the best, you know, sexy, new, whatever is, where they're going to be spending all their, all their time as opposed to sort of the more nuts and bolts and fundamentals? I think I think everything goes in, in what you're talking about. I think there's some kids that care about it, some and some don't. Wow. That's just that's just that's just wild. It I don't know. It in the back of my head it's almost like what's the character of that kid? Not as a human being, but as a football player. Are they gonna be willing to grind at the level that a Mario Cristobal or Nick Saban or whoever's gonna be you know, forcing them to grind at. I mean, that's something else I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see our team in whatever's left of it. I know some guys are going to transfer out, but whatever's left of it, I mean, you call it the country club atmosphere, but, but live in sort of the, the Miami Marine Corps <laughs> under, under Mario Cristobal um, and just work and work and work and work and film study and drill and practice and, you know, everything just just go 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 and see what they look like when they get put through that i think mario has something called the fourth quarter which is like an off-season program for weight and strength training something like that uh, i'm expecting a lot of attrition to be honest with you from our team people that are like i didn't sign up for this screw this guy this isn't the type of place i want to you know go this isn't the type of coaching i want to receive i'm going to go elsewhere do you think we're going to see a lot of that and do you think mario's going to run it like that um, I think, you know, a lot of how Mario runs things will depend on who's on his staff, what their strengths and weaknesses are. Um, but I, I think you're going to see Mario look to have a very thorough uh, game plan on pretty much everything he does, you know, without exception. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be very telling when he hires these two coordinators because he's sort of filling out most of the staff, it sounds like, underneath them with both good, you know, with, with good position coaches who also are very good re- recruiters. It's going to be interesting to see who he brings on for the defensive and offensive coordinator positions. Because to your point, I suspect they're going to set a lot of the tone for their sides of the ball. Um, it does sound like Mario, I mean, he just recruits constantly. And it's almost like that's his passion above everything else. Not the yeah, actually he knows as much. He, he, well, I think he likes it all. But, yeah, he's, he's a, he is a passionate recruiter. Yeah, do you, do you think that, that him speaking in Spanish from uh, Univision when they asked him to do that had an impact in any way in South Florida, or do you think people Absolutely. thought that was... Absolutely. 
Oh, yeah. 100% because, you know, now he's going to be all over, you know, Spanish language television because they finally have somebody in there that can speak Spanish. They love that. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was, I don't know if it was sort of like put on and planted or not or whatever, but I thought that was, that was a, a pretty, pretty darn good move. Um, last question, and it's about the ACC. I keep hearing that the ACC is significantly lagging behind in the revenue side um, Mm -hmm. from TV contracts, which is, as we all know, is where almost all the money comes from in college football um, at the conference level. And then the rest of it comes, I suspect, through ticket sales um, at the individual school level. But um, is that – it's been being bemoaned that the ACC is, you know, at a power five, it's fifth, you know, that its leadership has dropped the ball in its contracts and not enough – good marquee names and, you know, good television markets and everything else. Um, is that true? And then secondarily, if it is true, what are we going to do about it? Because we don't want to be in a conference where we are constantly playing from behind um, when it comes to, to, to cash flows, cash inflows from our TV deals. Well, I, you know, what I think is that ESPN is going to be under a lot of pressure because of this new SEC. I mean, you know, they're, they're behind it. They're, you know, they're, they're behind those teams going into the SEC. And, like, to me, you can't upset the balance in college football to the degree that they have. So I, I think that there's going to be a lot of pressure on ESPN to level the playing field. And I think that'll, that the ACC will be one of the first places where we see that. And I think TV money in the ACC is going to go up. When you say level the playing field, do you mean ESPN is just going to pay all the well, power five teams? It's, 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 yeah, I mean ESPN is controlling the whole thing. Yeah, and and well, I, uh, I don't think you could just support one conference. Like I don't see how that's going to fly. Why does the ESPN seem to support the SEC even before they were winning championships, the left and right? Why are they supported by ESPN? What's 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 the tie there? Because that, that the, 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 the TV money is where it's all at, man. The TV money funds everything. I mean, ticket sales are great. Booster donations are great. But it's really TV money that funds so much of college sports. And so the SEC is just a bigger TV draw for ESPN uh-huh. than the other conferences? Yes. The best. Got it. All right. Well, I don't know what the ACC has to do. I mean, Clemson's a pretty big draw, Florida State, Miami. Virginia Tech used to be, probably not anymore. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see if, you know, Notre Dame, God, I'd love for them to just join the freaking conference already and be done with this baloney. Um, but, you know, some of these, we're going to have to figure something else out um, because, you know, we have the, the Big Ten's pretty strong. The Pac-12 is weak right now. The Big 12 is weak after this movement. Um, but we've got to figure something out uh, because I, I just, I'm nervous about about all the ACC teams, you know, just, just, playing with half a deck of cards when it comes to the TV money. And that brings me to my last point, which is you saw that Dabo just, he just um, elevated two position coaches to OC and to DC respectively after losing his two coordinators. Um, Did you see that? I did not, but I'm surprised by it. Today. I got to tell you, like if, if you're a championship team and program like they are, and you just had that mass exodus of such significant personnel and leadership, and you're just promoting two internal guys. Uh, I, I'm not trying to, 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 to kick those guys down arbitrarily. I feel like they, they might have some issues here moving forward, Clemson. 
Um, I, I agree. I, I think you're going to see Clemson come back to the pack. I think you already started to see it this year. And I'll even make the prediction. I don't think Dabo is going to be there much longer. I think it's going to be time yeah. for him to move on somewhere else. Yeah. Do you, do you buy into this, this sort of he's waiting for Saban to retire to go to Alabama thing? I don't know if he was, but I think he is now. <laughs> I mean, he's going to be. I, th- I think he's going to be doing that very quickly if they if they're if they're in the pa- back in the pack again next year. Yeah. Before it's, it's, before it's his star phase, but I don't know if Saban's retiring so fast. Like, there's no signs of Saban's retiring. Well, the whole the whole college football world just keeps speaking it out every year, hoping at some point it will speak into existence. You know, it's like if we just keep yeah. saying it enough, guys, it'll eventually come true here. Um, I, I saw that Mike Norvell got a, a year extension on his contract after going five and seven this year. What a nutso place. Yeah, I, I think some of these athletic directors are crazy the way they throw schools money around. And um, there, there is there was there's no reason. I mean, like you can. You know, I say this not knowing what what the, the terms are because you can do an extension without it doesn't increase uh, the buyout it, right. without increasing the buyout. Correct. So, and it's, the years mean nothing if the buyout is virtually zero. You know, but just the optics, right? I mean, you have a coach who well, that's why they do it. They do it for the optics because it's 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 so that they can say to recruits. You know, I'm going to be here for your entire time. You know, they they like to extend coaches out three, four, five years, but the key to the whole thing is the buyout. I think we're going to see kids um, stop being attached to their coaches um, because I mean, you had Brian Kelly leave Notre Dame to go to LSU. You had Lincoln Riley leave OU to go to USC. You had Mario Cristobal leave Oregon to go to Miami. I mean, those are three key movements that were not promotions; they were mm-hmm. laterals. So yep. all of a sudden, if you think a coach can lateral from an absolute marquee job to another absolute marquee job, and those four are just that, and Oregon and Miami are maybe one step below right now, but they have been marquee jobs in the past, I think that you're, if you're a college, or if you're a high school kid, you're saying all bets are off now. Who knows if my coach is going to be there? Who knows if Jimbo is still going to be at Texas A&M? Who knows who's going to be where? It's it's going to be wild to see how the one the one time transfer rule amid this coaching carousel continues to play out. Um, it it does feel like as the ground continues to shift under our feet in college football, it does feel like things are becoming untenable. Just as like an industry, I mean it's it's an industry. Let's not kid ourselves. As an industry, it just feels like things are going crazy and. Man, I hope it doesn't implode in the next three years because I need Mario Cristobal to get us to a national championship game before it does. So. Yeah, I don't think it'll, uh, it's not going to implode. I I hope not. It's it's like it's uh it's what gets me out of bed sometimes in the morning. Oh, and um, Matt Shadell should be very happy. You know, he's a recruiting guy. Um, job security. There's no better job security than Mario Cristobal running a recruiting operation that you have to cover. So. No, but we we're looking at staff increases this year. I mean, we gotta we we, we gotta increase our manpower to cover all the recruiting that's gonna be going on. Is that right? <laughs> oh, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, we're we're with the, yeah we're, we're we're looking at all kinds of things. So you're to, gonna actually you know, hire Shadell, a legion of Zoom, for himself to actually employ? Phenomenal. No, we're gonna we're 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 gonna inc- we're gonna add to the, we're gonna add somebody else. Hopefully that 
will be part of the Legion of Zoom. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But uh, but no, it's it's going to be wild starting next year. There's no doubt about it. I can't wait, bro. All right, man. Hey, thank you for being part of the show. For sure. Thanks. You got it. Bye bye. All right, guys. Do it. Um, Last call for phone calls tonight. I'm going to try to attack a couple of the questions that were submitted on the message boards at canesport.com. ER1949 is asking that if Miami could have done it all over again, would they have fired Manny with Blake? I don't think so. I think they executed their plan exactly how they intended to. I think it worked out fine. They got a great head football coach. They got a great athletic director. And life goes on for Manny Diaz. He gets a lot of money, and he's now the defensive coordinator at Penn State. Where's the problem? I don't see where the problem is. And and the University of Miami didn't have to throw away millions of dollars. Um, they saved some money on the buyout by waiting. And um, they also uh, didn't have to name an interim staff and an interim head coach, which also costs money. So I, I think everything played out fine. I don't, I don't see any problems whatsoever. Uh, Space Kane wants to know if the Radakovich hire impacts Miami sports across the board. No doubt about it. You know, spending all this new money on football, I think, puts pressure on them uh, with Title IX. And I think they may have to add a women's sport. You know, maybe there was some talk about softball. Don't be shocked if you see that happen. Um, uh, Not that that's going to impact most of you guys out there listening to the show tonight. But, um, you know, but, yeah, I I think the Radakovich hire is going to impact Miami sports across the board, unquestionably. He's a very, very good and very thorough um, athletic director. Um, there's some questions about the portal. No, we do not know who Mario is going to be targeting um, in in the portal. Um, another question about what's changing under the hood of the program. I think that there are a lot of areas that are going to get some budget help. Um, you know, you look at football. I think they're going to rebuild the uh, the locker room. I think that's you know very much very much in motion. I I think that. Um, you know, things like travel for some of the teams is going to get better, you know, bigger planes, um, maybe more charters, things like that. Um, and then from there, I think Dan Radakovich will be looking at just about everything here in his first few weeks on the job and evaluate where the priorities should be. Um, Sixth Ring is asking if there's any insight into uh, the NIL investigation, uh, the only insight I have is that I don't even think they've even contacted the school about it. So I don't know if it's really as big an issue as it was portrayed. I guess we'll find out. Um, I, I think it might put more pressure on um, execution of NIL deals and making sure that the players really are doing what they're supposed to do. Um What's Miami doing to keep up with what's going on at Texas with uh, boosters paying 50000 each lineman? Listen, I mean, if the players are actually doing something for it and they're legit deals, I don't think anything's going on. I, I, I think that that's, you know, within the books. If it's pay for play, like you come be an offensive lineman at Texas, we're going to give you fifty grand, and you're not going to have to do anything in return for it or it's going to be a joke, well, then I think that it's going to create problems. I mean, I think these NIL deals have to be legit deals where the players sign contracts and execute what they are agreeing to do. And uh, I'm not sure they're all programmed that way right now. And so, and it's going to take education of these players. Like like I said, Kane Sport has one NIL deal that we did this year that we were not happy with the way it got executed. I mean, we're – we're doing these deals legitimately with the players and, and, and um, 
you know, we, we want to execute them. And there was, there was one of the ones we did that didn't get executed properly. And we were not, you know, real thrilled with that, you know, cause we're not looking to, you know, play games or, you know, we're, I mean, we're looking to do what, what the spirit of the NIL is meant to be. And that's to give players an opportunity to perform services and endorse products and things like that, that allows them to put extra money in their pocket and benefit from their likeness and their name and the things that they're doing, um, in their career. Um, if Arcus wants to know if Zoe's coming, um, I think Zoe will have a meeting with Dan Radakovich at some point, and they will see if there's a role for Zoe in Dan Radakovich's athletic department. And, uh, you know, I don't know how that's going to end up. Uh, there's also a question about Ed Reed. What happens to Ed Reed? Uh, I don't know how Mario's going to feel about having um, a ceremonial chief of staff. I don't see that going flying in, the, in in a Mario Cristobal football program. If you're going to have a title and you're going to have a role in the program, you're going to really be there every day working. I am not convinced that's what Ed Reed really wants for his life. You know, I think he's got plenty of money, and uh, I don't know that he's interested in working the kind of hours that a Mario that a real Mario Cristobal staff um, is going to end up uh, working. I mean, Mario works his staff very hard, and it's not for everybody. To be on a Mario staff, so we'll we'll see what happens there. Uh, what's the fascination with bringing back former players or staff by our fan base? That was by BK Hurricane, who actually I think called the show earlier tonight. You know, I totally agree with this. I don't think that everybody who works for the Miami Athletic Department or the Miami football program has to have gone to Miami. Uh, it's not it's not necessary to have that kind of qualification. Now, if a former Miami guy is qualified and fits the build the way Mario Cristobal, for example, was as the head football coach, that's awesome. But I don't think I agree with BK that that should not be a, um, a qualification. Uh, give me one second here. I got to take a quick sip of water because after three hours of talking, uh, the throat's getting dry. Give me one sec. All right. Uh, Jay Collette. Um, he's asking, what's the vice president title for Radakovich in addition to AD? Um, I'll tell you what it is, Jay Collette. It's justification to pay him what you're paying him. I mean, uh, you saw an uprising amongst the faculty of the university um, when word got out of Mario Cristobal's $8 million salary, uh, obviously the highest paid employee of the university. And you have to have these tiers of executives if you're going to pay big money. Like Dan Radakovich is a $2 million a year athletic director. Um, if you're going to have that in your hierarchy, he has to have a role and a title to support that kind of salary. So I think that's what it's all about. A, it's a promotion for him from just being director of athletics at Clemson. Uh, he's going to Miami to be a university vice president overseeing the athletic department. And it's also justification to pay him at the level that they're paying him. Um, I think uh, I think that's going to be be about it on the questions for tonight. Yeah, we've pretty much covered everything else on the show. Um, so that's going to do it for tonight's show. Uh, we will be back uh, in two weeks on the 28th. We'll talk about the bowl game. We'll talk about anything else that comes up here over the next couple weeks. And um, we'll see where we're at then. Um, we'll, we'll have gone through signing day. There'll be more. Um, 
guys going in the transfer portal, stuff like that. We'll probably have some coaches hired. So there should be enough to talk about with that in the bowl game. Uh, I don't know that we'll end up with a three-hour show in two weeks, but we will do uh, some kind of show in, in two weeks to give you guys a voice once again. So I want to thank Larry Bluestein for coming on the show. Thanks, Matt Chodell, taking the time to spend with us uh, tonight. Um, until next time, um, we'll see you guys back on the message boards and on Good Morning Kane Sport, and um, we'll see what else comes up. And I'll say um, have a great night, everybody. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.